0: How's everyone today? Good. Everyone's excited about getting into their fears? Yeah. <laughs> Who would like to do some ramming microphones today for us? Thank you. On this side, one on this side. Okay, thank you. Good load. Okay. Well, so today is about uh, feeling your fears. So. We could call it fear processing, shall we? Um, so you know how we've talked a lot about emotional processing and releasing emotions? Can you just, there's a, no, I'll show you where it is done. If you just turn, I'm controlled by this one here. So if you hear it ringing, just back it off a bit there. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the one that's where you that would use. Yep. Yeah, so um, today, as I said, we could we call today fear processing. And we've done a fair bit of emotional processing, and some of you have already gotten into that and felt, felt the benefits of that. Some of you, I can feel your joy has increased in that process. Some of you feel a bit stuck. And the reason why we get stuck, like we said yesterday, is because we've basically got some blocks, and the blockages are all surrounding our fears. So that's what. Yesterday we discussed a lot of what we can do about practical things we can do to connect to our fears. So what I'm trying to do today is to start you off on that process. So if you could think about the next five or six weeks as a, as a solid few weeks that you can start accessing some of these fears, that would be really lovely. Now some of you are really concerned about this process. Some of you feel that all we're doing is trying to desensitize you, perhaps, from feeling your emotions and from being a sensitive person and that's not actually the case what i'm trying to do if you remember if you were a celestial spirit if you were at one with god you would have no fear about anything that's happening that means that in every situation here on earth for example you would have no fear in that situation you would only have a feeling of love and compassion in that situation you also wouldn't have any grief about the situation Right, you would only have love and compassion about the situation, and not the grief. So that being the case, every single celestial spirit can look upon what's going on on the earth, and there is a lot of very very damaging things going on on the earth. Of course, going on all the time around us, and they can look upon that with complete love in every situation, and that's where you will be in the end of your progression as well, in the same state as that, living on the earth, but being able to look at everything in a condition of love. You might just want to adjust mine down a little further. Thanks, Mary. And so what we want to do is get to that state of being able to see everything through through love. Now, most people on the earth think that the way to get into that state is to manufacture that state in their mind. And that's where most of our errors begin. Most of our errors start by trying to manufacture states in our mind. On the divine love path, what we're trying to do is get into the state emotionally so we don't have to do anything with our mind anymore. So you know, with our mind, we have to do recurring practices. Like you might have the recurring practice of meditation, for example, to help you get into a certain zone every day. What I'm suggesting is, in the end, you won't need that at all because you'll be in that zone without meditating every day. Does that make sense to everyone? Now, the same goes with your fear. With your fear, we want to get to the state where no matter what happens in your life, you don't have any fear about it. Now, you imagine how freeing that becomes. So At the moment, a lot of times our fear is like these barred walls surrounding us and it prevents us from going to to go places where we've got the bars. Mary uh, likened it this morning or last night we were talking and she likened it to like a maze. When we we start here, here's where we're born, let's say, when we're starting to have a part of consciousness in our existence. And then we progress a little way and then something happens, like some kind of painful event occurs and we go off on this direction. And then another painful event occurs and we go here and another painful event and and then we go here and then we go here and then we go here and then we go here. And we're going all over the place with our painful directions, right? With all of these different painful things that are all just... We're bypassing, we're trying to bypass our fears every time, right? Our fear of pain in most cases. And so eventually we start, that's what our life looks like to a lot of us, right? And when we look back on it, it looks back, we look back and we think of it as a bit of a mess, don't we, sometimes, right? <laughs> now, obviously, we want to get to the stage where everything we desire and everything we love just comes to us. So in other words we're not going through this maze all the time but rather we have a very definite purpose within ourselves. Not that anybody else defines your purpose but the purpose is within you. Your desires and your passions are being realised. Now for that to occur this maze of fear has to be undone. All right? Because it's that maze of fear that determines your next step. You see, your next step is actually determined by all of the unhealed emotions inside of you from all of the previous things that happened to you. And this is why, you know, often doctors and psychologists call it the subconscious and so forth, because it seems like something outside of our control but within us has control of our life, but we don't know what. But in reality, what it is, is all the things that we're afraid of and all the things that have happened, to us, have happened to us that are unreleased within us have left their signature there. And that signature defines the next move every single time. So for example, if one of you ladies have had two or three relationships, right, from the time you are a uh, long-term relationships I'm talking about, from the time, say, that you were um, you know, 17 or 18 years of age till now, And every single one of those relationships was a harmful relationship to you. Let's say it was every single one of those relationships was abusive. You're going to be very, very wary about the next relationship, aren't you, unless you've healed those relationships and all the emotions in those relationships. And you have good reason to be wary of the next relationship. Because if you've had three harmful relationships in a row, It means that there must have been a cause from your childhood that you're actually yet to release from you that's creating these. And so, of course, we feel like, wow, I don't know if I want to enter another relationship now. Like, you know, I could get another abusive man. And then we go down the track. Rather than feeling the fears and the different grieving things that we need to go through with regard to the relationship, what we finish up doing is fearing another relationship so much that we go into anger. And we go into anger with men. So all men are bastards, you know, like, I don't want to have another relationship. I'm perfectly happy alone, I've heard many say. And I say, I don't think so. (laughs) But, (laughs) But if that's what you want to believe, that's fine. And the truth is that the only reason why we say we're perfectly happy alone, because we've now lost all hope that we'll ever have any kind of relationship that is satisfying to us with a person that is actually going to be good to us, right? And so we give up all that hope and all that hope just goes out of our life and we're now in this state with, no, no, the best state I can be in is by myself. That's going to be my happiest state. Well, the truth is that God designed you to be in a much happier state than that. But we often go down that track because of our fears dictating to us what's going on in our life. And if we don't understand what the cause is, then it becomes very, very difficult to sort it all out inside of, our, inside of ourselves. So that just gives you an illustration of how fear dictates to you the rest of your life. This happens over and over again with most people in their life. For example, financially, you see this happening all the time. right? So you have one or two financial failures. Let's say you had a business or two businesses, and eventually those businesses failed. Uh, or something went wrong and you've now got very little money, now the whole thought of getting into business has a huge emotional signature around it. And so you're afraid of getting into business, you don't really want to, and you'll do one of two things. You'll either not get into business or you'll get into business again and you'll try to plan the whole thing out to the nth degree. And because the emotion is still within you and it's unhealed, that business will fail just as much as the others did too. (laughs) Does that make sense? And so then you go through all the process again of, oh, I don't know if I'm cut out for business. Well, the truth is everyone is. Everyone can do it if you want to do it, but you have to heal the emotions. So instead of that healing the emotions, instead of healing the underlying causal emotions, which, remember, are all associated generally with our childhood. So instead of healing it at that level, what we finish up doing is we start living in these emotions day by day. And then we start telling ourselves messages like, oh, that doesn't really matter to me very much. When if you allowed yourself to sit down for a moment and really breathe into it and ask yourself how much this matters that you're alone, you'd probably start crying straight away. Right? But because we don't allow that to happen anymore and we've got all these other fear-based programming going on, we don't feel that anymore. We feel that we don't feel it anymore because we've suppressed it so much. Now, what I'm suggesting to you today is that we need to, instead of ignoring these things that are within us, and instead of living in them, remember there are two different things that we have a tendency to do. The first thing we have a tendency to do is to ignore them completely. All right? So ignore our fears. The way we do that is we use our mind, very cleverly every time we get a bit afraid we just avoid that thing that makes us fearful case solved that's how we feel so we avoid this and we go along in life and oh there's another thing that looks a bit like it's going to be a bit fearful so I avoid that and before you know it you know you're basically feeling like you don't have very much fear at all but that's because you're avoiding quite a lot of things in your life does that make sense so that's what we have a tendency to do to ignore it completely all The next tendency we have is to live in it. What I mean by living in it is that we know we're afraid, but we don't release the fear, we live by the fear instead. So for example, a person who's afraid monetarily, they will live by the fear because what they will do is they'll not be generous. Does that make sense? So somebody, and it doesn't matter how much money they have, they still won't be generous. You know, they could have a million dollars in the bank, but they're still not going to be generous <laughs> because they're still living in the fear of lack. So they walk into a shop and they want to barter with the person. They, there's something they really like, but they've got to knock them down five bucks, right? Then they feel like they've made, had a bargain, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or they go along and buy a car and they've got to knock him down three or four grand and and get get the best deal out of it and all of a sudden that particular emotion comes up again. You know, the emotion, the fear that they have. They're living in this fear of their own lack of abundance. They don't believe if they really want something, they can just pay for it and whatever the money that they had will come back to them at some point. They don't believe any of that, you see. This happens a lot, right? Know, many of you still doing that, aren't you, in your life, right? That's why we go along to markets a lot, you know? Like the Yomundi, you Look at the Umandi markets, it's like a world-renowned market. And, and a lot of the times we go along hoping to get the bargain, and we spend like four hours. And, and it's different if you enjoy the process, but some don't enjoy the process. But they go there for four hours instead, looking for this particular one thing, and it's not there that day. And they go, oh, well, I didn't get the bargain today. They'll go back next week. And if they add up four hours by, say, like $40 or $50 an hour that they might get working, then now this thing's cost them two or $300. And they got it for $10, but it's now $210 that it's really cost them right? in terms of their time. And, and it comes from this emotion, this emotion of a lack of abundance, that I can't just go and get what I want, find it, and get it. We have a lot of other emotions surrounding our fears as well. But most of the time, we finish up living in them. So we live in them with regard to relationships, our fears in the relationship. So let's say if I have a fear that my wife's going to cheat on me all the time, right? I'm going to become very jealous and possessive. Can you see that? Because I want to keep an eye on her and watch what she's doing and who, which man she talks to. And she, that man projected sexually at her, and I, and I start getting really worried about that. And before I know it, my whole life is embroiled around protecting her and controlling her. This is the way I feel it. I don't feel it as control. I feel it as protection of protection <laughs> of our relationship. But in reality, it's just control and manipulation. That's what it ends up, because I'm living in my fear. We can see that happen with regard to um, you know, when we go to work. Many of us still go to work jobs that we don't like. Right? Why do we do that? Because we're actually living in our fear. Our fear is, is if I stop that job, I won't get the kind of job that I really want. And the truth is probably while you have that emotion, you won't get the job you really want. And if you release that emotionally, you will then probably get the job you really want. And we also neglect in our fears all these aspects of prayer and desire and all these other things in the process of fear. Because our fear becomes so dominant that everything else means nothing to us. So let's say I'm very afraid of your opinion. So I walk in a room and I've got a hundred people's opinion to cope with, right? And I'm very afraid of every single one of those person's opinion. What am I going to do with regard to truth? I'll modify a bit of truth for that person, a bit of truth for this person, a bit of truth for that person. But I won't say the particular truth that they really need that's going to trigger their anger, because I want the emotion back of everyone liking me and everyone approving me. So I won't do any of that. Can you see how I'm now modifying my own behavior to suit my own fear and this happens all the time doesn't it you think of how many times you've done that in the last week where you've somebody's asked you how you feel you don't really tell them how you feel you tell them a modified version of how you feel because if you tell them really how you feel all sorts of things might happen right that's our fear at work our fear is at work in so many places the problem with our fear and living in it is when we live in it we don't even really notice what we're doing. And sometimes it needs somebody else to come up and say, hey, you know, if they, somebody loves you they will do this. They'll say, hey, have you noticed the last week you did this five times and you've said to me you don't ever want to do that again but every single time I noticed it was because of fear that you had. And then you can start discussing your fears and working your way through your fears. Everyone needs to be open about our fears. Now yesterday during the presentation yesterday, it was so hard to present the fear-based material to you. It was really hard. The reason why was there was this sort of like a wall around your fear. And many of us do this. We, we, we protect our fear. We do it by shutting down, closing down, going to sleep, getting tired, getting angry or upset, or just tuning out, zoning out, thinking of something else. We do all sorts of things in order to just avoid getting into these really deep emotions that we have around surrounding our fear so we don't want to do that either so today what we've planned for you is a a very ad hoc presentation of different things to help you get in tune with your fears right and to try to help you begin the process of emotionally processing your fears now, many of you are afraid to even let yourself shake. Because when you let yourself shake, what does it look like to everyone else now? It looks like I've got, what is it? Parkinson's disease, right? Which, by the way, is a, a fear-based emotional disease. Yeah, right. So it looks like, and this is I start shaking as my body starts twitching and I you know, start going into these strange places and everyone around me starts feeling like He's a bit strange, right? Lots of judgement comes at you and you see that's also one of our fears. There's a huge fear the human race has of being judged by by another person. Because when you're judged how does it feel? Like it feels that you have been made lesser than them. And the truth is that is the purpose of judgement is to make you feel lesser than the other person. But If you think about it, I must have, if I look at my Law of Attraction, I must have an emotion of unworthiness with that other person in the first place for them to actually feel that way towards me. Can you see that? So I need to work my way through that emotion. When I work my way through that emotion, every single person around me, their opinion will not matter in the sense that I won't govern (coughs) my life or my fears about those opinions. That's going to be pretty freeing, isn't it? Do you think? How free will you feel when you don't have to consider another person's fears in your own life? Because that's all they are when they're judging you. They're just fearing something within themselves, right? So most of the time, again, we're just living by people's fear. We're living by our fear. And all of this is due to addictions that we have. And we've talked a lot in the past about addictions, about emotional addictions. But we are often so addicted to getting something from someone else that we don't believe that these things can come either from within ourselves or from God directly. So that gets back to the two core emotional injuries we said yesterday, remember? The two core fear-based beliefs, which are, the first one was, I cannot cope with this emotionally, with this, I can't cope with this pain, I can't cope with this emotionally. And the second one was that I'm alone. There's no God, there's no anybody around to help me, I have to do it all myself and everything gets back to those two. So what we're going to do today, as I said yesterday, is present to you some things that might trigger some of your fears. All right? Now Mary's made me calm down on what I probably would have done right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably because of her own fears. So what she's going to do is come up first and share some of her fears, um, but uh, um, because normally I would actually present things in a very confronting way regarding fear. And some of the things that are available to you to confront your fears are, you know, there's so much available to you now, books, movies, on the internet. And in fact, when you think about it, most of the media is totally driven by your desire to live in your fear. Do you think think a 30-minute news presentation of good news would actually work at the moment? Of course it wouldn't. Because nobody wants to hear the good news. Because they're afraid inside. They want to hear the things that I've got to be afraid of coming at them, you see? And so what we're really doing is we're creating that media by our own fear. Can you see that? By our own longing for bad news. Why do we long for bad news? Because we're so afraid of what happens when we hear bad news. We've got to avoid something. i have got to avoid all the pitfalls in life. That's what we often think and feel. And so we're going along our life doing that maze thing that I pointed out earlier that Mary said. Just. The amazing with our life, going around, going around, avoiding all these different pitfalls and fears and, oh, I've got to read the newspaper every day because if I don't read the newspaper every day I won't know what to be afraid of today. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, that's really what it's about in most cases. We think of it, oh, I'm just finding out the news. No, you're not. You're finding out a grossly distorted misrepresentation of the news that has been put this flavour upon it by the world's media, so that you can f- continue in your fear, because we've become addicted to our own f- to, to to satisfying our own fears. So when you think about it, even with regard to media, it's the same thing, isn't it? We're so addicted to getting these things. So um, some I know some people just watch the news every night, like it's a religion, really, like. People say this is a religion, but this is a religion that 's a religion every single night seven o 'clock comes or six thirty or six o'clock now, or now they have a whole hour news now you know like before you know like like twenty years ago, there was no such thing as an hour news was there? It was like half an hour news or, or, or if you 're lucky, sometimes fifteen minutes it started out being, or even ten minutes just little bites you know like that 's all it was, but now there 's these hour news programs and and in fact, the news presenters are the most Commonly recognised people in the state generally because because they're on the screen so often, right? It's like everyone recognises them. And all of that is just driven by us living in our fear. And so I'm not suggesting today that with this process over the next six weeks that you live in your fear. What I'm suggesting is that you actually delve down deeper and actually experience emotionally, emotionally, your fear. So what does that mean to experience it emotionally? It means that you will work through your fear and come out the other end of it without having it. That's what it means. So if after six weeks of this pro- little process that we're going through, or four weeks, or however long we go, you're going to choose to do it yourself, you, you don't come out of your fear, then you are not emotionally experiencing your fear yet. All you're doing is staying and living in it. And that's not what I'm suggesting to do. And in fact, what you'll find, if you stay and live in it, you will probably get quite angry with me over the next six weeks. And many of you who stay and live in it, if you choose to stay and live in it, you won't come back again (laughs) because you'll be so upset about your fears getting triggered. You see, whenever our fears get triggered and we want to deny them, what did we say yesterday? We go straight into anger, into the anger, the denial of anger. So I'm not suggesting you do that. What I'm suggesting is that you experience emotionally the fear. That will also mean experiencing it bodily, Now yesterday I described what that felt like for me um, when Mary's up maybe she could describe a little what it's felt like for her recently. And what we can do is just talk about what you may go through and the key is during this whole process is to realise that you are safe, everything is going to be right if you just keep processing it emotionally. <laughs> everything's not going to be alright if you just live in it, trust me. What's going to happen if you just live in it is you're going to attract even more events that are fearful in your life than you're attracting already. So that's the choice you have to make. There's a choice here. The choice is, do I start this at all or do I really do it properly? (laughs) That's really the choice. Because you don't want to do it half-heartedly. You stay at it half-heartedly and you live in it and you'll find your life will have some pretty harsh things happen in the next six weeks. So I'm not suggesting you do that either. I'm suggesting you use the tools you've already been given over the last year and a half to actually get into and process emotionally the experience of fear. Right? Perhaps, Mary, if you could come up and we could just talk a little bit about what your experience has been about for you. Yeah.
1: So when we process these fears, we're just processing the fear. We're not going down underneath that, the grief or whatever is
0: underneath it? Well, the fear is because of the grief. So you will find when you process the fear, what will happen is you'll probably do a lot of bodily things and all of this kind of thing and you breathe and you'll feel yourself breathe, trying to breathe and you'll feel locked up and you may actually even go into a fetal position even with your fear, and then eventually you'll break through that into the grief that's underlying it. So many of you may find yourself getting into the the grief that underlies the fear, certainly. Sarah.
2: Uh, I just want to say I've found recently when I've been processing, I've done the both at the same time. Mm-hmm. I've been crying and then like, my teeth are chattering yeah. and I'm shaking and then crying some more
1: and
0: that's right. yeah, it's
1: like a combination. And that's
0: what it's often like. Yeah. The key is to not try to intellectualise this process very much. If you allow the emotional experience, you, your body knows and your soul knows exactly what to experience. The key is just to go ahead with that experience and go through it rather than living in it. When you go through it, you come out the other end, you feel a sense of peace generally. So so that's a good indication of whether you've actually dealt with the emotion or not fully. If you're not feeling a sense of peace and you're still in agitation, then there's either more to it or you're actually not dealing with the true emotion. There's, you're just living in the emotion. So that's something to be aware of. And um, so when you, when you started doing it, um, did I just just... Sorry, can the air conditioner be a bit warmer? Is that, is that what you're asking? Is it a bit cold? Yeah, so maybe if we can make it a bit warmer. Thank you. Thanks, Miranda. All right.
2: I found the difference when I um, started to feel about my emotions, or to try and connect emotionally with myself, yep. uh, was... When I started to recognize that I was in fear, um, I would say, okay, I'm afraid and just try and sit with that. But eventually I got to feel um, the difference between when I was resisting the fear and when I I really had to take the step to let it overwhelm me, to just um, sort of surrender to the fear.
0: Mm. And Um, what happened when you did that?
2: Various things. Uh, sometimes I shake quite a bit. I just go and lie down and um, I have I experience sort of full body shaking and trembling. And like Sarah, sometimes I, I go into tears and then I'm crying again and then tears because I find that as I'm processing the fear, immediately the emotion that it's capping starts to come up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And sometimes you've gone into a real sort of almost childlike state with it, haven't you? And, I've picked Mary up and taken her to bed and just, and just put her in bed and put the covers over because she's shaking with cold even though it's hot and that's a good indication. If, if, you're, if you're shaking with cold even though it's hot, then obviously there's some fear fear stuff coming up for you there. Many of you feel addicted to uh, having hot drinks still and, and that's a good indication that that particular moment there's a fear that you're usually shutting down.
2: That was definitely the case with me. I would drink um, three or four cups of herbal tea a day uh, and I went through a period of pro- I can't remember what the fear was at the moment but I, I processed one big hunk of fear and I hardly drink mm. hot drinks anymore and if I notice myself wanting one I noticed I wanted one this morning Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm feeling quite fearful about today, then I immediately can um, try and connect with what it is I'm
3: avoiding.
0: Yeah. So does everyone else sort of understand like the the, fear, the processing of it, if you like? It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be an intellectual process for you.
2: Sometimes uh, it is just tears for me, though, as well. Sometimes it's just sobbing in fear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Um, if we have a question, yep. <laughs>
4: Uh, when you said you noticed some fear is coming up because you drank uh, or you felt you wanted a herbal tea, did you then actually drink it this morning? No. no. So not drinking it helps the fear getting up. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Thank that's, you. So that helps ready? the processing because right now I don't know what processing is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't... Yeah. I think, what are they doing? <laughs> what am I missing
5: here? No worries. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah. Perhaps uh, if we could illustrate a little of what you felt this morning, and then wanting to go for the drink, which was, you know, it sounds like she's going for the alcohol, but it's not actually like that. <laughs> in the past, it might have been like that, but, <laughs> but uh, and, then, and then maybe um, what you actually chose to do instead, and, then, and you're still staying in it now. So if you could describe some of the fears that you were feeling when we got up this morning.
2: Uh, So I've been very afraid about uh, AJ doing this presentation because uh, in my experience when people are very afraid, uh, they get angry. And that was my uh, experience as well. Um, When I met AJ, I got very afraid and I got very angry at him. (laughs) So so I sort of felt like I knew what I was uh, talking about. Mm. Uh, And I'm very afraid of people attacking us and, and being angry at us. I'm very afraid of judgment um, and I'm also really triggered because we're in this bigger venue and there's more people coming and, and so it's like a double whammy of fears this weekend yep. uh, uh, and because there's some new people here as well so yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: and so one of the things you're afraid is that the ones that are new will judge everything based on this weekend yes. uh, rather than rather than actually look at all of the information that's been presented yeah. so, that, so what are, what's the fear in that? Is that when you started tracing it back this morning?
2: Uh, I got to, to so what happened was I was feeling quite anxious this morning, and uh, I wanted to um, I wanted to eat, I wanted to have a hot drink. Uh, I was pacing around. Aj was busy, and um, and then I realised I was I was feeling quite fearful, so I just went and lay down. And tried to let myself connect with what was going on. And, and I was trembling a bit and feeling quite cold. Um, and wh- what I sort of just let myself feel okay, what, what am I afraid of? Just let it come. So, so I'm afraid of this big place, I'm afraid of these people, I'm afraid. And I got down to basically I'm afraid that we'll be attacked and that we'll be alone pretty much. Or that, yeah, rather than people uh, just leaving us alone, that we'll be actively attacked.
0: Yeah. yeah, so there's been times in the past even already where, where somebody just doesn't leave, it, leave us be, you know, like, like you'd think if you had your own belief and I had my own belief that we could basically just leave each other be, I'm happy for you to have your belief and but it seems that a lot of people are not very happy about me having my belief. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's been a fairly large source of uh, attack that's come towards us is obviously people hear these things and then they go down the line of not wanting us to have the belief we have. And uh, and then they go into lots of judgment and lots of, and lots of rage even. So we've got some really nasty, uh, violent emails in particular, you know, swearing and cursing us and so forth. and. Um, uh, all just because of somebody can't let us have our own belief. Um, well,
2: and that's my law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. Because I have this huge fear.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, oftentimes too, Mary finds that you basically get cold, don't you? So it's a, like we can be in the same place and all of a sudden you'll just go into this cold place, uh, physically cold.
2: Cold, feeling all queasy or butterflies in the tummy. Shaking, um, I'm, I'm pretty good at, Oh, I used to be really good at avoidance, of using different things to get out of it, so the drinking the hot drinks, the um, distracting myself with different things, and it's only been since I started to um, be a bit more vigilant with my own, what's happening internally, that I feel now more physical symptoms, like I, I've got really cold hands and uh, I get quite pale and I feel shaky, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: When I was going through it myself I used to get uh, so cold that I used to be a computer uh, programmer and I used to sit at my desk with a heater on and I'd get a sleeping bag and I'd actually put the sleeping bag on me. Like, so. I'd get in the sleeping bag <laughs> and fortunately all the offices that I've ever had I owned so that was fine. So I'd get in the sleeping bag and I would just sit there with my hands out and I'd put these like gloves on with, you know, with the fingers out and I'd be there like that, and I would still get cold, right? And uh, and I'd be there, and after I'd get so cold that I'd have to move around a bit, and it didn't matter what temperature the day was, I'd still have cold hands and cold feet. Cold hands and cold feet, by the way, very good sign there's quite a lot for you to work your way through. Uh-huh.
2: And and I would say for us, those things that we're, the feeling queasy, the feeling pale, the feeling cold, where Triggered on the fear, but we're not processing it yet. We can actually live in that place for yeah. quite a while, and that's not the same as processing it. Yeah. That's more just your indication that, that there's fear. That to you have fear,
0: yeah. Because what I found is I lived in that place for a, a lot of years, like so for seven or eight years, that's how I'd program, like in a sleeping bag. Um, <laughs>
2: you, you could have done some kind of cross marketing with <laughs> camping stores or something. Could have,
0: yeah, I, I think about it. <laughs> It was quite funny because uh, people would come to visit me at times and they'd go, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> oh, just a bit cold on the hands and feet. Yeah, and, and no matter what I did, I just couldn't get warm, you know? So you know what it's like sometimes where you just feel like you just can't get warm no matter what you do? Well, that's a good indication there's a fair level of fear within you to work your way through. So if you can allow yourself to see that. the Physical symptoms of fear very much are cold, cold obviously, is one of the physical f- symptoms of fear. Your body has the ability to regulate its temperature very, in, in a large range. And yet, for the majority of us, that range is severely reduced by the fears that we're experiencing, or I should say not experiencing, and actually living in. So if you find your body is very sensitive to temperature, hot or cold. Then, they, then they're usually... If it's se- sensitive to hot temperatures, it's about anger and shame. If it's sensitive to cold temperatures, it's about terror and fear. All right? So if they're just general indications of what will happen in your body.
2: So. I just wanted to ask, sometimes when I'm really relaxed, like almost about to sleep, like my leg will just start to shake yep. uncontrollably? Is that yep. the fear... Coming
0: up? Yes, what will happen to your body at different times if you allow your processing of fear? You'll find your legs will do, and arms will do, all sorts of things. And I've had my jaw even doing the same <laughs> thing. You know, yeah,
1: <laughs> and,
0: uh, and all of those things, though, and that's all part of that release of that terror and, uh, and fear. So the key is to not judge these things happening in your body. These are necessary parts of the release. And you need to just allow them to occur and breathe and keep you breathing, diaphragmatic breathing happening, because that's going to allow yourself to experience those particular sensations. Thanks. Uh, You need to put the mic right up, the on button. The on button, I mean.
1: Um, what about screaming as an expression of fear?
0: Uh, screaming is, uh, is also very good as an expression of fear. Usually it's a combination of fear and rage, but it's a very good way to actually connect with a lot of your fears too. Um, of course, sometimes it's very hard to get into that emotionally when you're triggered, um, and, unless somebody frightens you. And I, I don't, I'm not suggesting here that you basically re-traumatise you know, yourself with even more fear. So, so sometimes it's very, very hard to get into that. If you find yourself triggered and scream, let yourself continue the fear process straight after you've screamed. Does that make sense to everyone? Like, so, so let's say somebody surprises you and you go, you know, and there, now there, there's an opportunity there. You see to connect to what's underneath that, and so go go into that opportunity straight away. But yes, scream, you'll have many physical expressions and voice is one of them. Um, terror, by the way, is very, very different to fear in that terror often causes you to freeze up completely um, whereas fear, you will often have a flight or a fight response. Right. So the key is when you, whenever you feel like fleeing a situation, so let's say you walk into a supermarket and you just feel creeped out and you feel like you've got to walk out again, there's fear being tested there. So st- my suggestion would be stay in the supermarket and let that fear come up. What, what is this fear about? You know, allow myself. I allow myself to feel my fear. Allow yourself to experience it. Um, there are other situations you get angry about. We've already talked about anger. So every time you get angry or annoyed or upset or any of those kind of things, there's fear usually in those particular expressions as well. Does that make sense? So whenever you notice yourself angry or trying to run away, that's fear. Whenever you find yourself getting to this place where you freeze up, that's terror. And you could say terror is the pinnacle of fear, but terror also needs to be released. And the only way you can release it, like most others, is breathe your way through it and allow yourself to stay in the state. Now there's been times in my life where I've stayed in that state for two or three or four hours at a time and I've just allowed myself to breathe through that process. Now, of course, that's a bit hard if it's been triggered at work or something. You're not going to be very productive for three or four hours. So obviously, you're going to have to work through that particular stuff about your work situation and so forth. But the the idea is to connect with this terror, if you have it, and feel it. All terror-based experiences are usually uh, uh, childhood referred from parents. In other words, multi-generational injuries from parents who have experienced terror or terror that's occurred in your own childhood. And those, terror, those terrifying events can be anything from your mum and dad screaming at you when you picked up a spider, and them terrifying you more than the spider did, or right the way through to physical violence. And most of us, when we were little, had some kind of physical violence from our parents. And, or right the way through to things like being uh, you know, se- sexually or physically abused. And, they, and if you've had those things in your past, then there's terror probably to deal with in, your, in yourself as well. We go, come to Raya and then up.
5: Lately, um, I've had this incredible, um, extreme, irritable response to any kind of loud noises. Mm-hmm. Kids screaming. Uh, we were near a restaurant this morning over in Noosa, and it was just like more than I could handle the mm-hmm. noise of all these people. That's fair too?
0: Yes. So, what I would do in that situation is stay where the noise is there and just allow yourself to be overwhelmed by your own emotion
5: and do it there
0: do it there yeah Yeah. right in front of a yeah well yeah that's the issue you see that's the block the block is do i do it right in front of the other people yes that's uh, i feel yes because you this is the situation that's triggering it yeah so so stay in the situation that's triggering it the alternative is you can go home and put on a stereo full bore with terrible music that you hate and do it that way if you want or tape record all these children running around and replay that over and over and over at your home but there are other alternatives but but if something comes up when you're in the situation, the best time for you to access it emotionally is in that situation.
5: You might be reading about me in the newspaper.
0: That's, that's fine. <laughs> the, key, the key is you won't, you won't ever get into anger and ha- harm of others. So the only time that anybody will read about you in a newspaper is that you cried at one of the shops. You know? okay. and, and that often happens anyway. So, you know, And if you have a fear-based response, you, you've got usually someone with you who knows about that. So... But yes, Ray, there will be some, some of those kind of things. You can, of course, plan for some of these things. So you could actually, you know now that actually having children running around making lots of noise causes lots of like, yeah. a- anger in you, yeah. so, which is actually covering over some yeah. fear yeah. about the noisy situation. So what I would do then is go to a very noisy situation with a recording device, record it all, right, and and then go home with that. Or, you know, and play it over and over until you connect with what the emotion is.
5: Okay. Do you know what the emotion is? Um, no, I don't, I'm just extremely irritated by the sound yeah. and it's coming up more and more so something is about ready to break. I can feel yeah. it.
2: Do you think it's about feeling unloved,
5: right? Feeling what? Unloved. I don't know. That could be. Yeah. I feel pretty loved right now but it could be more, you know. Yeah. So I'll see but it, it's just been a lot. Yeah. Huh? Use a mic, Matt. What? You can say it Mary up, uh, wants to solve everyone's problems. Yeah yeah, then, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we love about <laughs> Mary. Right. She knows me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Mic, uh, Use the mic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one in here.
2: I was just. Uh, Wanting to not talk about all your stuff in public <laughs> and then I started doing it right. uh,
5: around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no secrets anymore, man. Yeah, yeah. None of us do. <laughs> I was just
2: wondering um, if it's an emotion for you about... I, I know you have some stuff sometimes about when people in general public situations aren't respecting your space or your time or that kind of thing. And I wondered if rather than a a terror-based sort of a fear, it was just this fear of feeling uh, I'm not respected
5: and I'm not loved. I'll go Uh, with that and see if that could be it. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Mm -hmm.
6: Thanks. Mm
0: -hmm. And there was... (laughs) Good. (laughs) It's the start of the day. Was I going (laughs) to (laughs) say? We've got a competition between the oh, mic handlers at the moment. I'm suddenly
6: really frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke last time and I wasn't frightened, but I'm really frightened now.
0: Yeah, no, that's right, go with that. That's right. I actually went
6: to your last session, only mm-hmm. the one.
0: Yeah.
6: Oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of emotional release, but I went through the most massive emotional release after your talk in
0: Brisbane.
7: Wherever it was, Brisbane.
0: Yeah.
6: And, um... <laughs> It was definitely the fear. It was actually Brian suggested something to me. Yeah. I, I've never been through so much fear and anger and screaming, and I straight away went into my childhood rage over my father. Yeah. And I'm just wondering. I'm really going round in circles here. I don't think what you say is the truth. I think at the end of the process is the truth, because when I went through that three days of so much intense emotion and at one stage I thought I'm going to have a mental breakdown and I'm going to blame you. Mm-hmm. I better yeah. ring the doctor. Yeah. At the end of it you know I just felt like a child and I thought oh this is the truth. That's it. This is the tr- I mean there's still more but yeah. this is the truth. That's it. But I was really frightened at the end. I thought I. it's been so intense. Yeah. But I really wonder if you're going back to that core original emotion, Mm -hmm. the terror and stuff, is that automatically going to heal the damage that's been done in subsequent relationships with men? Because I've got a feeling it does as well.
0: It surely does. Mm. The reason why all the subsequent relationships with men were caused by this relationship with your father and uh, the interaction that went on there and the damage and the terror and all the other emotions that went on with your father. And so that's the beginning of your law of attraction and so yes if you heal that particular emotion which is the most difficult emotion to heal and as you've just related the experience you had is the kind of experience as many people here need to have the the outcome is and when you finish it you realize what it's all about what in fact you, even your life's been all about in many cases and you can see it all traces back to those really core relationships and the key is just to allow the process to occur because in between the beginning of the process and the end, you'll think lots of different things. You'll think lots of different angry things, and lots of different sad things, and lots of different you know, fear based things will come up as well. But when you get to the end of it, that's when you start real When you start, you, You'll find that the, the truth of your life starts sort of, you start feeling the truth of your life in this. And when that happens, that's a good indication you're starting to really get at some core emotions, some causal emotions
6: my trap is now I'm projecting onto my partner, you're not
0: dealing with your yes. <laughs> I realised
6: that when you were talking, I thought I'm starting to project on him, yeah. but that's actually mine.
0: That's right. So that's another facet, if you like, of this yeah. relationship with that. You know. So, so it's another facet of what's going on there. Um, so if you can allow yourself to realise that every time you want somebody else to deal with the same thing you've just dealt with, that's because there's still something left within you that causes you to be in that state. And so you, there's still some more there to go. But understand that what you've just what's your name again, sorry? M- Mary. Mary. <laughs> Mary. What Mary has just related is actually what many of you may experience. And you'll go through all of these different feelings and emotions, and many of you will curse the day you met me and all these kind of things in the process, right? When you come out the other end of it, that's when you start realizing that you needed to do that to get through this. And one of the other things that's really important to understand too is that you often need to do these processes alone. The reason why you often need to do it alone is because we don't have a belief that we can cope with everything alone (laughs) and we need to challenge that fear, you see. And the truth is that all of us have been made in such a way that we can actually deal with all of our emotions without needing someone else around me to nurse me through the process. right? So, so while going to a therapist might be a good thing to get you going and while going to other people might, get, you know, like some kind of healers might get you, be a good thing to get you going, in the end you will eventually get to the point where you're confident in dealing with all of these really deep emotions by yourself and when I say by yourself, just between yourself and your relationship with God and that's when you really start getting into the real core of everything. Right, up until then, you're still really projecting that, oh, I need someone else's help to do it, if that makes sense. But what you've described, Mary, is a very, that's a very good description of what many may experience. I've had those experiences. Um, if we go over back there, and then okay. Ken? Ken. Ken. If you go over there. that's it.
4: Um, AJ, I've been having a lot of cramping during the night over the last little while. And I'm wondering if that... And I have been feeling a lot of fear around speaking the truth. And I've been doing it more, but I'm still... That fear is still really strong. So is the cramping connected to that? Because it's happening a lot at night.
0: Yes, it certainly is connected to that. Um, You will need to allow... There's a there's an issue though in that if your cramping is continuing all the time or, or regularly, then obviously there's a part of this fear that's not yet being dealt with. So I know it's difficult when you're in a cramp because you're in so much physical pain that often you know everything else sort of pales into significance. But if you can just allow yourself to ask yourself the question, what is this emotional? What is this emotionally? And you'll feel some, but because a part of a cramp is a painful. Situation that you're actually now tied into through your body. Does that make sense? Like your body now is forcing yeah. you to not move, Absolutely. and and so there's something in that emotionally for you with regard to your fear, and uh, you know feeling like you can't move. And that's probably as much as I'd like to say because I think you know how to get into that emotionally pretty well. Yeah, yeah, that's
4: definitely a childhood thing.
0: Very much where so. I
4: would go fetal.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you need to allow yourself to actually feel that emotion in you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah. does. Thank yeah. you, Ajay. Yeah.
8: Uh, two days ago, before I came down to the seminar, um, I had this dream. In the morning, I woke up with a dream. I'm in hell.
6: Yeah.
8: It was. I, I felt I'm in hell, and I felt so much fear coming up. Mm-hmm so I got up and I shared it with my partner and uh, I just felt hell hell also is if if you close down your emotions if you close down your heart yeah. this is a lot of fear and uh, and then I started to cry and I screamed and yeah. that fear of closing down my emotions and my feelings and closing my heart. This is hell. This is living in in hell. That's right. So, I mean, my indication for fear is a lot. My heart just sometimes goes like
0: this. Much more higher than your average heart rate. I feel
8: feel that
0: very much. Sometimes the people describe it as your heart being in your throat, right? Yeah. (laughs) And that's that's also a good indication. Yeah. Yeah.
8: Yeah, yep. I'd
0: just like to share that. That's Hotel good. this for me. <laughs> yeah. Yep, thank you. All right. All right, well, what we'll do, um, we'll, if we can have the mic over here, Miss Jane.
4: Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey Jay. Is breathing sufficient enough
7: to release some emotions?
0: As long as you're diaphragmatically breathing, Yes. Um, but you're, if you're f- experiencing fear and terror, you will certainly have other, other bodily symptoms other than just being, be, being able to breathe. Um, so my suggestion is that all, ought to always try to breathe no matter mm. what uh, emotion you're experiencing, even if it's sadness or grief or any other emotion, shame. Mm. Breathing is a very powerful way. Breathing also, diaphragmatic breathing does a lot for you as well in your body. Uh, because it uh, is your, main, your body's main source of sustenance, actually. Your breathing is, actually. Yes. Many people are not aware of that. But the truth is that how you breathe mm. is, is, is far more important than what you eat, yes. even. Uh, unless, of course, what you eat is unloving to your environment. But what you, how you breathe is very, very important. And that's why it's such an essential thing to continue to do. Mm, yeah, thank you. For every emotion, and Jen, thanks.
7: Um, I'm really fearful today, and um, came with a sense of exuberance—the exact
0: opposite—and
7: yep. am and sitting here, realizing the difference between the complete the manic condition yeah. of um, denial of fear, den- denial of... T- I'm sorry, it's hard for me okay. to say it simply. Yeah. My question is about happiness at the end of it. I don't truly know what happiness is because I go from this manic manifestation of the denial of the fear yep. and the complete opposite which is in, so in the fear complete itself. surrender to the fear where I'm in so much pain I don't think it's ever going to end. Mm-hmm. None of those extreme states are a state of happiness. Is there happiness at the end of it re- so you understand what it really is?
0: Yeah. Well I suppose The thing thing is that most of you often have commented to me about how happy I am most of the time, right? And the only way that I've become the way I am is by dealing with all of these emotions, to deal with all this grief and all this fear, and I've had lots and lots of it to deal with. So I can say categorically to you that you'll definitely come out of it if you process the fear and don't live in it. What you say is that what you raise, though, is a very good point, and that is that there are two extremes to our fear processing that we may experience. One is like a manic, a manic laughter and the other is like a really you know, terrified place. And the truth is that often we need to go through the experience of both of those extremes when we are experiencing our fears. The key is to ask yourself whether you're using the laughter to avoid or whether, you're using, whether, whether it is a childhood expression. Because in the end, all of our fear is usually from our childhood. So it will be childlike in the way it's expressed. And this is where a lot of men who think they're not afraid use a lot of jokes in their life. And you'll see that happening quite a lot. Now often those men are full of fear but are using jokes or adult intellectual joy, if you like, to cover over their fears. When you're though in this manic phase where where you're laughing and you're feeling afraid, sometimes it's actually a feeling of excitement. And what happens when we have fear in us is we cannot differentiate between excitement and fear. Now many of you currently are in that state where you can't actually easily identify what it means to be excited compared with what it means to be afraid. Now, I had this problem terribly. Like I, Every time I'd get slightly excited about something, I always felt that I was afraid, <laughs> and vice versa. If I got afraid, I'd think that I was excited, but really, I was terrified. And it took me processing through my fears to actually start to realise the difference between those two states. It's, you'll find that excitement is a very similar emotion to fear in, the, in its physiological response inside of you. And, and it often kicks off very similar chemical reactions inside of you as well. So the soul through its emotion experiences many chemical responses that are very similar. And so it's often very difficult to determine the difference between excitement and fear.
2: So are you saying when, you, when I feel afraid I often feel a sense of dread? When you were excited, you felt
0: dread? I felt dread, yeah. 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 So it was really strange. I, like, I, I would feel excited, but then I'd feel dread, like, what's going to happen next? And there was a combination of my fear and my excitement. And because of very, very similar emotions physiologically, you'd feel them in a very similar way. The heart starts, you know, when you're excited, the heart beats faster too when you're excited, doesn't it? And all of those kind of things start happening. And, and so you start to not be able to tell the difference between those <laughs> two sets of emotions. But you will need to experience often both fluctuations, the manic sort of laughter, right, which is a very childlike state, right down to the, the fear and terror, and in a childlike state to, and, and allow yourself to go through it. If you're in pain with it, then often it's because you're still not getting to the bottom of it. So that's the thing to just, oh, whenever I'm in pain I just pray to God a lot about the pain and I say to God, oh, I know that I'm in denial of something here I'd love to know what it is, you know. I'd love to know what it is even intellectually to work out and then and then maybe I can work through it emotionally. Thank you. Yeah.
7: My manic also manifests in busyness. Yes. If I sit still, I find I trigger fear re- much more readily. The busier that I am, um, I just like stay. The manic keeps me busy. Yeah. Busy in... Physically, but busy in my
0: head too. The other issue that many face, and that you face, Jen, is that because you're spirit influenced and you've got, you know, fairly open mediumistic uh, abilities, what happens is that spirits around you, in certain states, can easily be attracted as soon as there's any denial in your own state. So as soon as as soon as you feel some pain, you know you're in denial of your own state. But at that point many spirits can come around you and go whoosh around you and sometimes you'll feel them like that and then you'll go into like a manic laughter and sometimes that's actually expressing their their method of getting out of their fear does that make sense and so the key is to every time you feel pain and every time you feel like you're getting out of the causal emotion just all i do is just long for god's love to just protect me through this next process if you like and and most of the time um, you know you, you, you can work your way through things quite rapidly like that. Sometimes though recently I've noticed that when spirits have been attracted to me when I'm working through an emotion that it's actually helped me work through the emotion even more by, by their emotion heightening my own emotion and I just allow that to occur whereas most people who would talk to you about mediumship and, and those kind of things would say to surround yourself with some kind of protection barrier my feelings are that actually nowadays I'm finding Having spirits connected with me dealing with certain emotions has actually helped me get even more into that emotion and, in, f- in the end, helped me connect with the underlying causal emotion much easier. So, the key again is to not be afraid that spirits are going to surround you, and this is why today we're going to deal with that fear as well. Yeah, so. You want to say?
2: I was just going to say for Jen that, that it may not be that. It's that she's had an experience when she's younger that where something has happened when you've been quite still. And that's what. And so it's not really the fear of the spirits anymore, it's just the, that causal emotion.
0: Yeah, the fear of experiencing yeah. that causal emotion. Yeah. There we go. Okay, there's a mic up there already. Yep, go. Yeah, go. I got it. <laughs> go for um,
3: it. I'm having a, a. I'm really in terror about um, actually falling unconscious. Right? Because um, I had a rape experience. Uh,
0: yeah.
3: When I was really young and I fell unconscious. Yes. Uh, so now for me to really, uh, I always am afraid that I fall unconscious. Yes. And that uh, in the unconscious there is no protection.
0: Right. Can I explain to you what actually happened in that childhood experience that you've had? Yes, please. Um, what often happens, um, and I'll just draw this so you can see it in terms of hopefully you can see from there. Um, imagine this is uh, yourself. So here's yourself when you were younger. And by the way, this also applies if a person's had childhood abuse as well. So all childhood abuse, this usually applies. You've got the adult who is the perpetrator with you. The adult who's the perpetrator is often surrounded, and this Hopefully, will f- connect you with some of your fears. Is often surrounded with other spirit adult perpetrators, right? So there's a connection between that, the emotional connection between these spirit adult perpetrators and this adult perpetrator. When that person rapes or harms this person, and this applies to rape as well as to abuse, often what happens is your spirit guides take you out of body, right? In order to try to help you to to cope with the experience emotionally, and what they often do, and many this is why many uh, people who have been abused as children or who have been raped experience in the uh, going either unconscious or going into a state uh, where they are now like in a pr- some kind of pristine location, like a like a paradise almost location, while the abuse is actually occurring. And the reason why they do that is that there's nothing else they can do, the spirits, I mean, to, to help you through the process except for that. Now, many, many of the abuse victims or, and, and rape victims then become very afraid of that might happening again when in actual fact it was done to protect you in the first place. Does that make sense?
3: Yes, it makes sense. And, and I did have, as a smaller child, when I watched abuse to my mother, a yep. violation being hit that I, uh, I went to this place, I was,
0: Spot on. was
3: always sitting somewhere in this light body.
0: That's right. And, uh, and this is why many um, abuse victims also have strong mediumistic connections because that was established at a very young age as a method of protection against perpetrators. So, so um, the key for many, I find that many uh, rape victims and abuse victims have have had that experience and then they become afraid of that happening during an emotional process. (laughs) The truth is if that happens during the emotional process, if you go out of body in the emotional process, it's not going to actually harm you so much, but uh, it does actually detune you from some of the causal emotion. So you can ask your guides to help you stay in a conscious state while you're experiencing the causal emotion that you're experiencing. And the beauty of what they've done, too, means that the, imu- the amount of causal emotion to experience lessens. Because what's happened is that things were done to your body, but you weren't physically connected from your spirit body and your soul, which is the soul. This is all soul processing that we're doing, right? And so- at the soul layer, you're not actually very physically connected to your body during the abuse experience in many cases. So it's not always the case but in many cases, particularly if it began when you were young. So it's a mechanism that your guides and your guardians have to actually nurse you through the process. All right? Now, if you allow yourself to think about that, you'll probably also become consciously aware of who those particular guides and guardians were. All right? And when that happens, you'll see that you can trust them and that they are many times still with you, helping you through the process of you know, triggering the emotions that were triggered right back in the beginning and helping you experience them. And uh, many, many abuse victims have actually described that experience uh, to us and and not really known what's happened. Also, many abuse victims have described the process of seeing these perpetrators, the spirit perpetrators of the violence towards themselves. And that, for that reason, they've become very afraid of dealing with anything to do with spirits. That's right. But don't forget, you went out of body and there was all these other spirits around you who were actually in a very good state and they were also looking after you. And so you can see, you can see again, it's just like on earth, there are some people who are not very nice conditioned and there's some people who are in good condition. And obviously, if we spend more time releasing our emotions to get into a good condition ourselves with regard to love, then we attract more and more of those spirits who are in that good condition. So one of the things that happens quite often with regard to abuse survivors is that we finish up focusing so much on that dynamic of what's going on that we become terrified to even deal with the emotions of abuse, when in reality what we've got is a large, usually quite a few spirits around us who have been with us from a very young age who are trying to assist us to work it, their, our way through those terrible emotions that we experience.
3: I mean, I did a lot and a lot and a lot of rebirthing, and I'm a rebirther myself, but yeah. I still feel that there's something there what I just didn't get in all this time, and also the fear what I call the astral plane. I don't know how you explain that, but there was this, okay, I know my protecting spirits, but the dark spirits always said, my God, I'm also through this having access to the lower astral plane and where I often went in my dream state yep. that just caused so much fear in my life and terror, you know, i am become really, that's the most afraid place you see.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, actually, again, it's the fear that causes the attraction of the spirits that you see sometimes in what you call the lower astral plane. That's just the spirit world, but what's actually happening is sometimes your fear when you're in a sleep or dream state, your fear is actually attracting you to the locations in the spirit world that are lower in their state. And what happens then, of course, is for the triggering of your fear, if you like. Now, my suggestion is that these spirits here who are your guides, if you connect more to them, and you can connect to them quite easily, if you connect more to them and trust them through the process, they know everything that happened to you And they will actually be be able to help you with actually helping you with memories and pictures and emotions and everything, if you're willing to deal with the fear of what happened, and and if you can release this fear, you will also no longer attract a whole group of spirits who are in that dark place that you sometimes are afraid of attracting. So the key with all of this is working still through this fear that's that's there. Thank thank you so much. No worries. It's my pleasure. Uh,
9: I was shaking while she was talking the whole time. Mm -hmm. So now I'm shaking. (laughs) Um, Because when I was a little girl, I just remember... I don't remember much about my childhood, just being lonely, but I always remember when I tried to look back into my childhood, I remember it as a really happy experience, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So that explains a lot. But um, when I first heard one of your CDs about spirits, um, I used to drink a lot as a teenager, Mm -hmm. really abusively. And I haven't drunk for a long time, and I was walking past a bottle shop shopping <laughs> my vegetables, yeah. and I heard this voice. Mm, wouldn't that be nice, a little bowl of wine? Mm. <laughs> and I thought, where did that come from? And that was my first experience of actually listening, hearing. Like I always hear voices, yeah. but never, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But actually, um, connecting.
0: Connecting th- it That as that a sp- was somebody else trying spirit. to
9: influence me to go into the and, but nothing inside my body wanted any wine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was
9: um, really...
0: But when you say nothing inside your body wanted any wine... Oh, well, obviously. Yeah. There was actually an emotion that you were experiencing at the time that, would have, that they felt they could influence in yeah. making Yeah, and it, it was,
9: um, if I look back, I think it was something that I was missing out on something. Yes. That yeah. I'm, um, yeah... You're missing out on fun. Fun, and, yeah, 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 and boring.
0: Good on you. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So, you, so that's an emotion you need to allow yourself to work your way through, that yeah. you're missing out. How many of you have that emotion, that if you follow this divine path, you're missing out on lots of things? Yeah, lots of people will be yeah. joining you with that emotion. Yeah, I have it
9: chronic.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it must be something else drawing you then, if that's the way you feel. Uh, Millie, thanks.
1: You won. <laughs> um, I Experience... That I've had is, like, a spirit, actually. Like, not the human involvement, but the spirit. Um, Like, as a child, I saw the spirits actually going to my sister and brother and molesting them. Yeah. And then the spirit just sort of coming to me and saying, just you wait. But then I don't really have a memory of what happened to me. Yeah. But just... um, uh, the, the letting go of the terror of the whatever they did to me yeah. and um, I just the question in my that's sort of come up for me to ask is um, they do the spirits like come to your physical body or to your um, spirit body um and does your, you know, if so, does your, do you go somewhere else as well?
0: Well, it depends on the situation, Millie, as to what actually does occur. A lot of the times the spirits are in very dark places and a child's spirit body is actually in a much brighter place. So if you could think of it from a condition point of view, so if we just uh, draw a diagram again of the spirit world, if you like, in terms of the spheres, so here's the first fear. The, the hells, remember, are in the bottom end of the first fear. And it's only spirits who are in the hells who would ever consider doing these things to children, right? So you could say the hells, which is sort of dark places in the spirit world where there's very little love and where people haven't yet worked through all of their error. They're still, in fact, creating error, many of them. So they're in the hells of the first fear, if you like. So this is, the top of the first fear is Summerland, right? Uh, Now, when a child is in a sleep state, the child is usually able to go to Summerland, all right? But these spirits can't get to Summerland. So the only way often that the spirits can actually affect the child and cause the child to go into a state of fear is while the child is in a semi-sleep state or a dreamlike state on Earth, the spirits can also surround them on Earth because earth is a part of, the, you can think of it as any, any sphere is available to the earth. So oftentimes, although you could have uh, sexually damaging experiences in the spirit world, most of the time with, with, uh, with these kind of events, you've got the spirit, who's in a very poor condition, much poorer condition than the, than the child, and uh, is is being attracted to the child because of the parents emotions so the lack of protection emotions coming from the parent so if the parents were full of divine love you wouldn't have this problem at all because the, the spirits couldn't even surround their children doing this so what happens is that the parents are obviously got fears that they are um, not working their way through that means the child is usually born in fear uh, in the sense that the child now has all these different fears. A lot of them are sexual fears, like you know your mother has, and then your father had a lot of sexual abuse-type uh, emotions to work through. And Not... I used
1: to chuck up all the time as a baby as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, so the child itself is now in this state where it's surrounded by parent, one parent with a lot of fear about sexual matters, another peer, parent with a lot of abuse things to do, do, do with sexual matters. And, of course, that's multigenerational, Mm -hmm. and and then you've got the child coming up in that environment and so now the child is got fear stuff and (laughs) The other side the other gender stuff as well to work through and the child is not in a conscious state of being able to work Through those particular things so that then opens them up to having this spirit this negative spirit influence and because they're on earth the spirits can get to them quite easily if they weren't on earth and in the sleep state, then there's a high likelihood they'll be in Summerland and not experiencing that particular experience. So all of these experiences generally happen while they're on Earth when they're yeah. just going into or just coming out of the sleep state. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when, or, or in their awake state, uh, where, they sit, where a child can see spirits around them. And a lot of times the spirit is just trying to scare them to death, basically. Yeah. And, so that, that pre- and that prepares the child for other experiences.
2: Yeah. yeah so AJ the interaction isn 't between spirit body and spirit body in that instance it 's actually um, the child using their their heightened sensory perception in their physical body to yep. uh, interact with spirits or spirits interact with them
0: yes because, uh, because what 's going on actually is that if you think about it, if you're in summerland it 's going to be very, very difficult for a spirit in a terrible condition to even see you, yeah. you s- to see your spirit body i mean yeah. Does that make sense? Because your spirit body is of a more uh, subliminated form, higher vibration, and they can't actually physically even see you in your spirit form. But they can see you in your physical form and because it's very, very close to, you know, the, the atmosphere here is very, very close to their own dense form as well. So even though they're a spirit, they still have a much denser form. So, so most of the time the abuse actually occurs towards the physical rather than the spirit body. For that reason, when I just lost myself today, when I say most of the time, and obviously every single situation is unique, and when a person describes their situation to me, generally, you can just from from feeling about what's happened to them. So usually, when a person comes up to me, I can feel all of their history, and all of you will be able to do this anyway, where you can feel all of their history and you know what events caused what problems. And in particular cases, some very unique cases, there are abusive situations going on in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. But that only generally has occurred in very extreme cases where the child itself has been also involved in abusive acts towards other children. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there are usually two types of uh, abuse uh, v- survivors, if you like. One type of a survivor will, will feel that abuse is abhorrent and the other type of survivor will feel that they must be an abuser. That's the only way they, get, they start abusing others. And a child who starts abusing others, by the time they get to 9 or 10 years of age, quite often has some dark emotions to work their way through. When, they're, uh, when those kind of children arrive in the spirit world, uh, they're nursed in a, in a totally different location to Summerland. And so that is a unique experience. But they are still nursed through those emotions. They're not left to deal with them alone as an adult would... Uh, not that anyone's alone of course but i mean they wouldn't they wouldn't be left to deal with them without assistance whereas an adult had to ask for assistance in the spirit world whereas a child will be given assistance uh, without even asking because their free will is yet to be developed yeah? does that make Thank sense yeah. so every situation with regard to abuse is very different um, but the majority of times the it's the physical it's the physical attack that the person's experiencing And this is why many spirits who are guiding or guarding the child being harmed take the child out of body. And this is why many of you who have been abused have experienced an out-of-body experience when you're a child. And you'll experience it like you don't even really remember. You remember maybe the first few seconds or minute or so of the abuse, and then afterwards. And, And the after effects, which are often very unpleasant, of course you know, where you might be bleeding, or you might have other, other problems uh, with your body. But there'll be this sort of gap in between. And this is why many people who have been abused have gaps in their memory. And it's because they've actually been taken out of bodies, so they don't have to remember those experiences. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we'll go down the front too. No, no. Yeah. Go away, go ahead.
6: Um. I had an experience where a spirit entered my body through my base chakra mm-hmm. and just kind of buzzed, buzzed me. What's that about? And actually, directly after that, I saw a spirit standing next to my daughter's bed.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: And I, yeah, I, all this stuff was happening around that time where um, I would wake up 10 minutes before she would wake up. And I know there's a lot of spirit. You know, influence. I'm just wondering if you can speak about that.
0: Um, the spirit's trying to connect to some sexual injuries that you have and the key is to allow yourself to work through those sexual injuries um, that occurred in your own childhood um, because if, if you don't allow yourself to deal with them then what you're doing is opening up to spirit to spirits in that, in that way. So allow yourself to connect to what's really going on inside of yourself when, when that spirit comes to you. There's, there's some feelings inside of yourself just before that spirit comes that if you can connect to those feelings, you'll understand why that connection is actually occurring. Um, it's interesting we're discussing spirits now, so, so let's deal with the spirit fear you first, shall we? That, that's
2: can I just remind everyone that there are processing rooms in this building if you want to use them. If you go down the hallway past the toilets and follow the human... Uh, the signage is Human Potential's office, I think. It's downstairs. Downstairs. So you go downstairs. Um, there's about four rooms down there. And if you want to use a room, uh, just close the door and everyone else will know that if the door's closed, it's in use. So when you leave, I- open the door again.
0: And there's tissues there for crying? Yeah. And a couple of chairs. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it closed or locked?
2: Just sectioned off.
0: The downstairs? Oh, is there a
2: problem with using downstairs?
0: No. No, it was upstairs no it's oh. the, up, the upstairs is sectioned off, but I'm sure the downstairs isn't. It's oh, ornaments along there. I think so, there the kids from going downstairs. Oh, okay. oh thanks, 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 Anna. All right, so um, let's look at the spirit issue, shall we? <sighs> what we do is we'll... Uh, I want to show you a few clips. Is that all right? Yeah. Show you a few video clips. And uh, and we'll see how we go with these. This is going to be interesting to see how I go operating this thing. But <laughs> Can I just say to you, a lot of you are not staying open to your fear now. Like you've gotten into a state where you're actually living in your fear and you're not staying open to your fear. So perhaps if we could just... Pause it there for a moment. And uh, I just want to help you stay open to your fear. Right? It's pointless doing these kind of exercises unless you stay open to your fear. So what you want to do is stay breathing. Remember, to keep your breathing happening. Right? You can feel that tension in you, like where you're starting to get involved in the story and everything, and you're starting to feel that fear. And you feel that tension starting to rev up in you. So stop stop doing that. for. <laughs> And get back into breathing, just breathe. You can breathe your way through this, right? This is some tension and fear coming up for you. Breathe your way through that. Don't shut down the process. When you go into this rigid state, can you feel that happening for many of you? Going into this rigid state, what you're doing is you're shutting down the expression or the experience of the fear. What you're doing now is you're living in it. And that's not going to benefit you at all. Does that make sense? You need to keep breathing and actually allow yourself to experience it. Remember, you're allowed to go to. If you need to go out at any time, you can go out and just cry or whatever. That's fine. But you need to allow yourself to experience it. This is a good opportunity to get into that. Does that make sense? So just breathe. So breathe more. If you want, need to open yourself up a bit more. Stand up and do that. You can just breathe. Just stay connected with it. The other thing to be uh, to to. Be, a lot of people are worried that watching a movie like this just, just increases demonic attack or increases spirit attack. No, spirit attack occurs because of your fear. Right? That's what the spirits connect to, your fear. If you release your fear and you stay breathing, spirit attack cannot occur as much because you're now releasing the fear. Does that make sense? So allow yourself to feel the fear and breathe with it. Just breathe, stay breathing. Very important.
2: I just wanted to tell you about my experience of this movie. Um, I watched it about a week ago, and I was absolutely terrified, and I, I processed quite a bit of terror directly after that. Um, and now I'm watching it and not feeling any fear at all. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So when you were processing the terror, you, you finished up going to bed, didn't you, and, and having the blankets over the top? It was the middle of the day, it was warm. But Mary was in cold and had these blankets over the top of her, just shivering, and, and stayed in that state for two or three hours. Yeah. yeah, does that make sense? If we can just have a mic, we need to be recording. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be recording these uh, these interactions too, by the way, so. Uh, that, those mics are not going to work because of the way that the sound system's hooked up with the, with the speaker. So if you use that one instead.
4: To process the fear, is it good to drink water or not good to drink water?
0: We're not worrying about drinking water at this point. We want to breathe. But <laughs> so yes, breathing
4: is more important.
0: You need Well, as you're experiencing it, breathe, yeah.
4: But I drink water.
0: Any time you try to get a physical... You, if you're in a state of fear right now, like right now, many of, you, many of you went into a place of rigidity, right? Where you could feel your tummy lock up, everything locked up, you shut, you shut yourself down, so not breathing, breathe. Many, some of you reached for an alternative distraction, right? Yeah. Which might be water or something else around you. That's just distracting you from the fear that's there, right? So have your drink of water right now. So you don't need to have one, <laughs> if that's the way it is. And if you feel the need to be distracted, allow yourself to feel that because that's a part of your avoidance of your fear. Does that make sense? So allow yourself to just feel that, feel that process. Paula?
4: So how can you tell if, you, um, if you're avoiding the fear or living in it or whatever, or you're just not frightened
0: by it? You're just not frightened by it. You see, every single person will have a different reaction to the same movie. If we've had terror-based events in our childhood that have affected us, then what will happen is that particular thing, this kind of movie, will trigger me. But if I haven't had any terror-based childhoods in my childhood related to spirits, this movie will have barely any effect on me at at all. Does that make sense? So the key is to not overanalyse everything. Just breathe, feel your emotions, and breathe And you'll soon see whether it's having an effect on you or not. You feel your heart rate speed up. You feel your body getting tense in your stomach area. You feel your muscles starting to get tense. There is fear related then inside of you still. Does that make sense? If none of that occurs, then there's no fear inside of you about this particular issue, some other issues maybe, but not this particular issue. The key is to not overanalyze. Just stay in that open breathing state. Does that make sense to everyone? Oh, we need to do this mic here. Um, yeah, so
5: I'm so so thankful for, for this because I just needed this and Ken needed that too. Yeah. And I was just wondering if Ken can drop the mic because this is distracting for him. No, well that's sound. up to
0: Ken though. He's got free will, correct? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to. No, he doesn't want it. <laughs> no, so yeah, he's got free will, but that's up to him to decide what he wants to do with the mic. All right, well, let's get back into it, shall we? All right. Sorry? No, when you get into the, the lock-up thing. What if we ask If we just ask a question, another question, because there's a highly mediumistic person with a lot of fear about spirits <laughs> asking a question. Yeah.
5: I just wanted to know like when you get into the lock up condition where
2: you sort of
0: where you're like, you just know,
2: like what happens to me is I go up into a freeze yeah and
7: all, all my everything in my head's just saying I don't want to feel this now I don't want to feel this now
0: yeah. that's all that
7: happens and usually it's in the night yeah and so what happens is I'll stay in this and then I'll go back to sleep
3: okay
0: and I don't
7: feel like I'm because when I'm processing it
3: it will go into these wobbles
0: yeah that's but, right when you're in that state where you were locking it all up, first thing again to remember is diaphragmatically breathe. If you diaphragmatically breathe, force yourself into diaphragmatic breathing, everything starts unlocking. The second thing is look at, look at the, there is a blockage going on. So what I would then say to myself is, I'm allowed to not feel this now. I'm allowed to not feel this now. Because when you say I don't want, when you say in different ways other than being allowing, so I'm allowed to not deal with this. The truth is you're allowed to not deal with anything, right? You're allowed to not process anything, any emotion. The irony is that when you say that to yourself, you feel often more like you want to. <laughs> Does that make sense? And just the fact that we have the choice, that we've now given ourselves the choice, means that often we say, all right, well, I am allowed to not deal with this, but I actually want to deal with this now. Does that make sense? So Sometimes ladies, I'll-, I'll hear a mothering voice saying, It's okay, you don't have to feel it. Yeah, That's that's, that's getting me away from it all the time. That's a spirit with you, Josh, um, who's trying to mother you and help you out of the emotion. Many of you, by the way, will start having messages when you start uh, dealing with your fears, right? The reason why you have messages when you're dealing with your fears is that there are literally groups of spirits around you in different zones around you. So for Josh, you actually have two sort of groups of spirits around you. You have one group of spirits who are trying to influence you into more fear so that they can control you. And then you have another group of spirits who feel they're protecting you. They feel like they're nursing you. They're actually not doing you any good either, but they're hooked into your desire to be looked after through the process. Does that make sense? So again, usually this is what's happening in almost every situation with spirits. If you, and, and it doesn't matter what situation, you usually have two polar opposite groups of spirits surrounding you. And we can illustrate to you after this how that occurs. Uh, some of milly 's experiences have have heightened that quite a lot, haven 't it? with your experiences with the abuser and the abuse the abusee, if you like, being in the same place as you at the same time, the abuser trying to abuse the the abused person still in the spirit world through you and through the connection and, and these kind of things all happen so in your case, the key is to stay open to the emotion. As soon as you get into the, into the emotion of, oh, please help me out of this, please help me out of this, you're going to have a lot of mothering nursing experiences, nursing sort, sort of spirits who are, who are still in the first fear, by the way, in their mother role, trying to nurse you through the process, which is not actually helpful for your release. You know how you're saying when you go into the state of, when you've been in that state? Yep. Did you feel you are processing that? Yeah, in, what, what I do frozen? is breathe, breathe. breathe yeah. Sometimes you're, when you're in a frozen state, the only thing you can do is breathe, diaphragmatically. And it's like so. it's releasing from your stomach. It yep. It starts wobbling. Like yep, just, that's like, it. And, and fear is stored. You, this is why many of you, when you have fear, you feel it in your third chakra, right, a lot of the time. That's where, A lot of times that's where our fear is stored. And, and if you breathe, you start opening up that. You, you're opening up that emotion in that area of your body. And and once you do that, the soul emotion, which is causing this lock-up, starts to flow as well. So just keep allowing yourself to breathe. So when you're by yourself, always breathe. When you're watching a movie like this, every time you notice yourself not breathing, stop the movie, get back into your breathing, back into your breathing, (sighs) back into the diaphragmatic breathing. Into your tummy area, remember, the diaphragmatic breathing is. So into that, breathe. If you've got to lie down to do it, lay down and do it. Get back into the breathing, and then come back to the movie. Yeah? Does that make sense to everyone? Yep? Okay. (laughs) Got to keep you in suspense for those of you who haven't watched it. So that's the end of that one. Are there any questions you'd like to ask about your fear? Um, I might just grab this microphone because there's a few more things I want to show you. What's the time by the way? Three o'clock, so we'll have a break after this. <laughs> None of you will be able to eat. So <laughs> all this all this food I can take home with me.
10: <laughs> can I just- can I just share something? Um, it actually happened to me similar to that with my yeah. daughter. Yeah. Um, By the I... way,
0: Liz, before you say it, can, can I just say that that is actually based on a true story and based on the eyewitness accounts of the priest and the parents of the, uh, of the story? So, um, and I'd like to say just a few other things perhaps before you speak, Liz, because obviously when you're on the divine love path, Expelling a spirit from a person isn't like that. So That's the other <laughs> thing I'd like to say and make quite clear. <laughs> but um, remember the reason why we're viewing this is to help you connect with some of these childhood feelings that you have. Does that make sense? Because a lot of us have had spirit-related childhood feelings that were, caused us to become afraid. Fire away this.
10: Um, My daughter has had spirit possession, and um, there's a story behind it, but I won't go into it. Um, I was out shopping, and she called me to come home because she felt like she wanted to split her wrists. So I came home straight away, and the spirit itself... I was talking to her, and the spirit itself um, was there. and was actually talking to me, and I just knew that it was. Previously, Rachel had said to me that she when the spirit possessed her, she felt herself go way back into the background of, and the spirit was in possession. She felt like she was just a little echo in the background of where she was. Yep. The spirit actually um, confronted me and was yelling and screaming at me. And for some reason, I felt really calm. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just there and I wasn't afraid of it. And in the past, I haven't been afraid of spirits like this before either. Um... But in the end, I just actually just yelled at her. I just called her name and ye- called Rachel because I thought that would bring her to. And then she just collapsed on the floor yeah. um, there. So I just yeah. sort of wanted to share that. Yeah. But I am in fear watching this now.
0: Yeah, okay. So there is some f- fear f- still within, obviously. So what we'd like to do um, after the break is we'll talk a little bit about how to connect and stay connected with that kind of fear with spirits. So I'll show you uh, one more clip from The Sixth Sense as well about spirit sphere. after the break or would you like to see that before the break as well? So you want to go to the break in total turmoil, is that the <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> right. I'll help you do that. <laughs> why that. Why is that so funny? <laughs> Someone's quite funny. Sorry. <laughs> it's amazing what scares us, though, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. And just imagine walking into a room where it was nowhere near the same as you left it, which a lot of people have done, of course. That's enough, eh? I don't want to show you too much of that if you haven't watched it, because it's uh, a very good movie to watch and uh, very enlightening about spirits what we'd like to do when you come back from rape is talk a little about some of that spirit stuff and uh, hopefully help you stay connected with some of these tense emotions you feel inside of there. So try to not use food now as a way of getting, <laughs> <laughs> as a way of getting away from them. All right? <laughs> anyway, we'll come back in about 45 minutes, all right? Do you, do you notice when you're afraid how much you eat? Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like and everything's quite this? Assist- it's amazing how much we use food to get away from ourselves emotionally. All right, um, we should go on a fast, on a, fast. a forced fast between the entire sessions. <laughs> um, one thing I'd like to talk to you about is that some people had some emotional experiences during the break uh, that I'd just like to talk about a little, and that is that many of you have the emotion that you would like to get away from your own emotions right now that is a very very dangerous emotion that you have particularly if you are mediumistic because if you're mediumistic and you want to get away from your own emotion then what happens is you finish up inviting a spirit in who wants to get away from their own emotions and they can overcloak you quite easily in that state and before you know it you're in a in a state where you're experiencing a spirit's emotions and it doesn't benefit the both of you at all. And so that happened uh, a couple of times in the break. So what I did was I stopped the person from doing that and got them back into being inside of their own body again, back into being with themselves. So if you could just bear that in mind when you're processing emotion, that if you have a desire to get away from your own emotion, that is when you're in the most vulnerable state when it comes to spirits. All right? so if you um, want to do some progression and you're mediumistic, you are far better off praying to God to just keep aside these spirits from you for a while. And firstly, before you deal with other emotions, firstly focus on your emotion of neediness, which is the addiction, that get, and that's driven by the desire to get away from yourself. When you have a desire to get away from yourself, you go out of body, basically, and any spirit in that mode can take over your body. And to be frank with you, the mental institutions are full of people who are in that state. And that's not a state that I'm encouraging you to get into. Can you understand that? Because it's quite easy in that state to be heavily influenced by a spirit for a long time. And uh, and my suggestion is to not allow that state. And the way you not allow it is by owning your own stuff, staying in your own body. Um. Right up it goes. It might not be working because I've still got, I no, know, it should be working. No, it's not. Uh, can you put the talk? It's now working. Yep. Yeah. There you
10: go. Um, what if you don't know if you're mediumistic?
0: Um, Generally, if you're not sure that you're mediumistic, but just be very sensitive to your own emotional experience because a lot of times you'll feel like there are times when either there's people talking to you trying to get you into a certain state or you'll find that you go into a sort of a heightened awareness state that's not normal for you or you go into a very detuned state that's not normal for you. So any major change in your state is usually going to be influenced by spirits. And if they're influenced by spirits, there's a high likelihood it's driven by a desire that you have to get away from your own emotion. So try to focus on your own emotional state all the time. Stay in your body. You don't need to let anyone else take over your body. Stay in your body. A A lot of us would like to have someone else take over our body because we don't want to have responsibility for it. Get back into your own body and stay in your own body. We have an. Oh, sorry. Um, We need another person. Ken's taken Hiroko's advice. So. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Um,
4: AJ, I'm just wondering about um, when you are beyond um, knowing that you're trying to escape your own body, it's into denial, meaning you don't even know that you're denying it because you're so afraid. Yep. And I wondered if, for example, these films would normally terrify me because I am frightened of the spirits, but they don't terrify me. Mm-hmm. So I was aware that there was tensing, but um, um, is, that, is that implicating that uh, there is a, a greater fear than normal fear, if there's <laughs> such a thing?
0: The goal of this isn't to terrify you. The goal of this is to help you go through an emotional exp- fear experience and come out the other end of it. Right? So firstly, we need to look at what the goal of this is. It's not to actually terrify you into a state where you're now living in your fear constantly. It's actually to allow yourself to actually go through the fear and into the underlying grieving that actually your fear is generally covering. Right. Now, with regard to the spirit uh, attachments, Those attachments are going to occur every single time you deny an emotion. So many of you today have brought along spirits who are with you because you're denying your own emotion. Does that make sense? And then some of the emotions that you have are like anger. That's a a capping emotion. And then some of those spirits connect to that emotion. And some of the emotions are like an angry grief, if you like, which is still not the underlying childhood experience. And so some of the spirits with you are in angry grief as well and they connect with that emotion inside of you. The key for you to remember all the time is stay connected with your body and yourself. And if that means you have to stop emotionally processing and go for a jog or go for a walk or do some exercise or do something else that reconnects you with your body so you stay in your body when you're processing your emotion. It's pointless you getting out of your body to process an emotion, because firstly you don't process the emotion, and then secondly, a spirit can use your body for whatever they want to use to process your emotion, to process their emotion, and they don't finish up processing theirs either. To be frank, because it's driven by an emotion within the both of you to avoid your own emotions, and so this is why it's so important to own your own stuff all the time. Own your own stuff nothing that's happening around you in your life all the events everything is all happening because of our emotion we need to own that and stay in that now if you're worried about being able to tell the difference and um, the key is to deal with that fear firstly so allow yourself to feel that maybe you know you are being overcloaked or whatever it is that that's the feeling that you have Talk to God about it. Remember yesterday I said one of the major ways in which you can deal with all of these fears is to talk to God about the truth of them, what you really feel all the time. Stay connected with God through these processes. If you stay connected with God, you will never get into a state where you're out of what people would call out of control, where you have to be committed or something like that. Does that make sense? It's only when you get away from that connection and away from the connection with yourself that's when you're inviting these spirits to come in and other, other people around you even to come in. Now, you can feel those needy emotions in you. Many of you can feel them. Sometimes I get people coming up to me who don't want to give me a hug, they want to get a hug. Right? <laughs> you need to look at your emotions about that. Do, can you see? There's something in there for you. Why do you want to get a hug from somebody? It's because of something going on within you. Of course I'm happy to give you a hug. I don't need a hug from you though. Does that make sense? So allow yourself to feel why you're needy like that because it's those needy-based emotions that finish up connecting you, disconnecting you from your own self and connecting you energetically and emotionally with everyone around you. And that's when you become heavily invested in their opinions, heavily invested in a spirit's emotion. And when that happens, that's the beginning of what you would call spirit obsession. So many of you who are mediumistic, if you want to follow the divine love path, own your own emotions. Most of all, that's the most important thing for you to do. And stay connected with God before you begin anything. And as you're going through everything, stay connected with yourself and with God through the process. Then you'll find it a lot easier. Mary... We might just turn down those mics just for a sec. Uh, Mary doesn't do that. It's not those. I just want to turn down these ones here because they're ringing a bit. That's the one there. Rightio, Mary. Fire away.
6: Um, What's really confused me is that um, I was sexually abused by my neighbour when I was six. I have no memory of it, but my sister remembered it. But I had dreams, had nightmares of being... Of vampires coming and sexually molesting me
0: yep.
6: what really confuses me is that I really believed in Jesus and God then and I used to go to bed and cry and talk to God and, so... and I was really emotional as a child so mm-hmm. why, why didn't that help me?
0: Um, you had some opposing emotions already in you from your parents condition and that's what uh, caused you the damage in fact what happened with all, of, with all of childhood abuse, it's the parent's condition that attracts the abuse, not the child's condition.
6: But I used to go to bed every night just to be with God and talk to Jesus and I think that's why I lost my faith.
0: Um, yes, many uh, chi- people who have been abused as a ch- child have lost their faith in God, certainly. Um, but also bear in mind that false beliefs don't help you either.
6: But I, I really did feel Jesus and God.
0: I know, (laughs) but understand that your parents' false beliefs don't help you. You see, what's what's happening is most of you are still not aware of how much, as a parent, you affect your child and how much you, as children, have been affected by your own parents' condition. You see, it's the parents' condition that attracts everything to the child, including any abuse that occurs to the child, is attracted by the parents' condition. Parents' fears, parents' unhealed sexual fears and sexual responses and so forth. And and there's a lot of other things about fear of protection, fear of children, and, and I could list like hundreds of different emotions that finish up combining in the parent's condition. And it's the parent's condition that protects the child. So if a child is unprotected, it is, a, it is because of the parent's condition. Now in your case, Mary you actually were protected as well. You would just not have the memories of it yet. But the times when you were unconscious of the experience were the times when you were in the state I mentioned earlier to what was her name? Velika. Sorry? Vedika. yeah, Up the back. Remember I told her that she was actually taken out of body and kept protected so she didn't have to experience the events? That actually also occurred to you. This is why Other people can tell you about the events, but you can only remember perhaps even before or after or not even remember that at this point. So the truth is you were protected, but you need to actually work your way through the emotions that God doesn't love me, God didn't protect me, and you need to allow yourself to feel those emotions. Does that make sense?
6: So there's no chance when you're a child, because we had a big property and I was able to externalize my emotion down the beach when no one could hear me, I could scream and yell and cry, but there's no chance when you're living with parents that are so damaged.
0: It's very hard when you're living with parents that are damaged, because all they're doing is reinfecting the emotion you're releasing. So every day you release something, the parents the next day reinfect you with the same thing, do you know what I mean? Like they treat you badly, they punish you, they maybe corporal punish you, and all those kind of things. So you release something one day and express the emotion and the very next day they do exactly the same thing that made you (laughs) sad the previous day. And so it's very, very difficult and this is part of the multi-generational problems that we, we face on the planet. And this is why one generation has to make the change because if this generation, our generation, does not make the change, the next generation now is faced with the same issues and the same problems because of what's going on in terms of soul damage. So the issue always gets back to the fact that if the parents are completely owning their own emotions, then the child is fully protected in that <coughs> place. But that is rarely, if ever, happening on the planet. And you, you can feel even in yourselves at times when I say that how much resistance there is inside of you to that truth. There is so much resistance inside of us as parents about owning the damage that we have done to our own children right to actually own it emotionally own the causes of it I mean not not to take the blame in the sense of the effects I'm saying own the cause the cause of my like my sons have both had to work through huge amounts of emotions about their relationships with women they both go down the track of choosing women who who are princess type women and then pleasing them as much as they possibly can to their own detriment. Who created that? I did. I created that. I need to own that and the way I own that is not just by only saying the words. The way I own that is I go back and feel my causal emotion as to why I did that inside of me. Does that make sense to everyone? Feel that emotion Focus on that emotion inside of me. I, I can take responsibility for that emotion that's inside of me. Now as I'm doing that what's happening with my boys is that they are automatically now working their way through those emotions because dad has already done that in his own life and is already working through those emotions in his own life and every change I make in that area affects them. So I need to own the fact that I created this with my own children. One generation has to do that. But all of us need to understand that we are not to blame for most of the emotional injuries inside of us. We are only responsible for the releasing of them. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, so I am not to blame for the emotional injuries inside of myself, I am only responsible for releasing them. Only I have control over who releases my own emotions. I am the only person who can release the emotions now that they've entered me and this is one of the sad, sad results of mankind walking away from God because if we never walked away from God we wouldn't even have these emotions in us to deal with. Right? And you will see in a few generations time, even in maybe one or two generations time, the effects of people living in divine truth and what it has on their children. And you would, just, you would look back at this generation that we're living in now and say, wow, wasn't that a bad dream? Right? Look at this terrible place where we've been in and look at what was possible all that time. And yet we just didn't know because we just carried this multi-generational, multi-generational abuse, multi-generational abuse, and away we went and carried it down generation, generation, and generation. But what you state, Mary, is very true As a child it is very difficult to protect yourself against anything unless you're really connected with God and even then you're going to get generational abuse from your parents because they're going to keep doing the same thing until they change. And many of you feel that that is very unfair and that's the emotion you need to release. Does that make sense? Let go of the fact that it's so unfair. Allow yourself to feel that. Yell at God firstly, you might need to about how unfair this system is and then go into that emotion and release the emotion. You'll come out of it understanding the benefits of it and the truth of it and also, in fact, the love in it because there is actually love in the, what, everything that God has created but only when you've dealt with that emotion, yeah. if that makes sense to everyone. And microphone down. please.
11: Yeah. AJ, with the breathing... Mm -hmm. with your fear diaphragmatically, what you were talking about before. Mm -hmm. Do you just need to do that and then you'll drop into something else? Is that all you need to do, just breathe?
0: A lot of the times that's all I've ever needed to do to get into my emotion, just to breathe. But you have to breathe fully into your diaphragm to make that happen. And that's why you're doing that really gets things going and open up inside of you. Now, after a while, you don't need to do that so much because you're so connected emotionally, you're like a child. So you imagine a child running around, trips over, starts crying straight away, doesn't it? It's not like oh, looking around firstly to see whether anybody's there and then cries. <laughs> or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because like, that, that would be a needy projection. you know. And then, or, or it's not like it falls over and cries and then looks around and somebody, somebody isn't there and then they cry because they, you know, they're scared of being seen to cry. That's another projection. Normally, the child will just go and fall over and cry. That's what you'll be like in the end. You won't need to breathe to get in contact with it. You won't need to do all these other things to get in contact with it. But what we're doing, and this is something to, that is very important to understand, what you're doing is you're breaking through all of these walls and barriers that have been piled on you for years and years and years. This is multi-generational walls and barriers that have come down through the generations. If you look at it in the pageant messages, we, we called it in the Paget messages, multi-generational sin or multi-generational missing the mark. The, the, the sins of the parents being visited upon the son, this is what that means. It doesn't mean that you have to pay for their their faults in the sense of a physical effect way. What it means is their emotions inside of them, unhealed, got transmitted into you and now you're paying for their decision to not heal their own emotion, right? So let's make the decision to heal our own. But to do that, we're going to have to work through some of this injustice feeling that we have. Why do we have to do it? Why couldn't have they done it? You know, all those kind of emotions. Why did God make it this way? And all of those kind of things. Now, when you come through those emotions and out of them, you'll realise why God made it this way. And, And in fact... Rather than me telling you, I'd love you to go through some of those realisations because when you do, they so powerful realisations that you start understanding God so much in the process of realising why God made it the way she made it. Better let yourself just feel and experience the emotion.
2: I just wanted to add that I, I don't actually think breathing is the only thing you have to do. No. You have to be in a state of willingness to experience your emotion, then you can breathe into the emotion but yeah. f- personally for myself getting to the point of willingness to experience all of my emotion
0: is the hardest thing it's
2: the hardest thing and I need to do a lot more than breathe yeah yeah
0: you're looking so beautiful today <laughs> 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 sorry about that but uh, <laughs> just had to say that I just felt that and um, the uh, the thing that Mary brings up is a very important point because Remember, yesterday I said that one of the biggest blockages is this feeling that we have that we're not going to be able to cope, right? That we won't be able to deal with these emotions. You see, that creates an unwillingness within us to deal with them. So I start talking about anger, I get a lot of the audience feeling, no, I don't want to deal with that emotion. That emotion's yucky, it's bad. You know, how many times have we been drummed into this with the New Age beliefs? You're in an angry state. You're not very developed, you know, and, and, and so it goes on. There's so much judgment. What about from the Bible? If you get angry, you sin. Right? There's actually a passage in the Bible that says you can be angry and not sin, believe it or not. But nobody quotes that one. It's always the, it's always the other ones, you know. And so, so what we finish up doing is is we read all this holy literature, if we could call it that, and then in the process we come up with all of these ideas of what it means to be a spiritual person and then we realize well I'm not really like that so what I'll try to do is be like that in here and that's not the divine path. The divine path is to be like that in here and to be like that in here is going to mean and require of us a willingness to release emotion. It's going to require us not just a willingness but remember what I've said humility is? A passionate desire to fully experience all of your own emotion. That's what you're going to need in the end on this path. And if you don't have a passionate desire to experience just one emotion, then that emotion will prevent you from progressing. And when you think about it, that makes sense, doesn't it? That's our free will in action, isn't it? We have the free will to passionately avoid our emotion or passionately desire the emotion, don't we? We can choose either. Right. what I'd like to do is trigger a little bit more fear, though, if we can. Is that all right? What's the subject? Oh, it's still fear. Still fear? Yeah. Oh, hello. Go okay. Um,
7: It's still fear, but it's a, a comment that you made towards the end of the movies. Yep. Um, with the expulsion of, you know, the demonic of entities spirits. with spirits. Yep, yeah, yep. But a, a loving way, <laughs> I guess. Um... Like I see them quite regularly, mm-hmm. you know. How do you do it? How do you sort of help somebody that is that has got someone with them, and it's not very nice?
0: The reason why someone, why a spirit is with a person, and if the spirit isn't in a very nice condition, is because of the person's emotions. All right. Now, just earlier, do you mind me relating something, Liz, for you? Just earlier, Liz had an emotion in the break. You may have heard her screaming in the break. Liz had an emotion where she wanted to get away from her terror. as soon as she had that emotion, there was another spirit around her who also wants to get away from her terror, and she wants somebody else to share in her terror with her. and so what she did was she just overcloaked Liz. right And so Liz is there screaming, and I can feel it 's not Liz screaming anymore it 's this spirit screaming. Right? So what attracted that was. Liz's desire to get away from the full experience of her own emotion. Because she started getting terrified, she went out of body. Right? She didn't want to feel the terror herself. And as soon as you do that, you're inviting someone else to come in with you right, in the process. You want it to actually happen, you see. Spirit attachment cannot occur without the person's emotional involvement. Now, I'm not saying their intellectual involvement, notice. I'm saying their emotional involvement. There's an emotional reason why that person is attached to you. Right? The key is to help the person identify what the emotional reason is inside of themselves. Right? So all I, did was, all I did there was just held Liz on the ground for a little bit, if anybody saw that, and I just talked in her ear saying, Liz, come back here, Liz, come back here, Liz, come back here, until after a few times I said that, Liz came back. Right? She stopped screaming and then I said, Liz, you need to stay with me now. Stay here now, stay in your body, stay in your body. Right? She stayed in her body and then when she got out of that process, I sat her up, we sat up and we talked about why the spirit to, did that with her and that's what we need to do with all, all of these people who are having trouble with spirit connections. So if you're having trouble with a spirit connection, it's because of something going on inside of yourself that's attracting this connection. Isn't that? That makes sense? Yeah. And the way you can help the person is focus on the emotion that caused that attraction. And that emotion will be very, very different for every person. Mm. But focus on the emotion that causes the attraction. Yeah? Thank you. We come down the front here again.
10: Um, I don't really understand what happens uh, when you go out of body though. Like, Do you have control over, you, over your body or...
0: Well, the thing is, um, the truth is you always have control over your body. When you go out of body or away from your body, what you're trying to do is relinquish control. You want to get away from how you feel, you see. And when you try to distance yourself from how you're really feeling, that is when you're opening yourself up to someone else coming in and, and influencing you. And by the way, that someone else might be a person on earth as well as a person in the spirit world, and any one of them can influence you. It's while you're not connected with yourself that other people can in- influence you. The truth is, not a single person on this planet can, can manipulate you or control you unless you have an emotion that allows it. So you need to look at the emotion that allows it.
10: Because um, uh, when you were just talking before, that made me think of times when I have been processing and just like before when I left... Um, you know, I was lying on the ground and then sometimes I, f- I feel like I'm so in the emotion that it's sort of like I, I'm not aware of what's happening with my body. Is that sort of what it's like or...?
0: When you're fully in the emotion itself, you, you will often, like, you will feel the emotion completely and that's what I mean by staying inside of yourself. It's when you feel a distance between what's going on outside of yourself. and so, so Liz was feeling a bit of distance between this physical expression what was going on and actually her own feelings, right? There was a bit of distance happening between there, which is a good indication as well. But if you're sensitive emotionally to other people's emotions, you will feel when a person is separating from themselves and not staying in the emotion itself. You will also feel when the person is going into anger but using tears as a method to do that. Because there's plenty of times when we do what I would classify as angry crying, which is actually not getting at a causal emotion at all. And so what we need to do is look at the issues of why. Remember it's our blockages to emotion that cause us to step away. In your case, because you're doing pretty good with your emotions, what's happening is you're staying in your emotional experience. You're fully experiencing your emotional experience. In that place, you're not necessarily conscious of your body or not conscious of your body because you're fully in the emotional experience itself. And that's a different place than what I'm trying to describe with regard to a spirit. Yeah, poster that's poster good. Here. All right, yeah? thank you. Um, if we go up the back there. Is there a mic Oh, going? oh sorry, there's a mic here, sorry. Um, yeah, I just wanted you to clarify what you said earlier on about in the next month to six weeks doing fears, If we don't um, do our fears, or if we don't want to, that some unfortunate things or bad things will come into our life. I just didn't quite. Well, I hope I didn't say it like that. uh, that, That's not what I meant. (laughs) Uh, What I meant was that if you lived in your fears, like I'm not suggesting for the next six weeks you live in your fears, because if you live in your fears, you will certainly attract negative events into your life during the next six weeks. If that's what you choose to do. What I'm suggesting is instead of living in your fears, I'm saying experience emotionally the fear and release it from you. And that doesn't need to have to be a long period of time. In fact, with one of these fears, you, you might work them through it in an hour or two hours if you fully commit to feeling the fear itself. Right? The problem is most of the time we don't fully commit to feeling the fear, and instead we live in it. And certainly the danger of living in your fears is you start attracting what those fears are quite rapidly. And this is why a lot of new age beliefs have, don't you ever think about what you're afraid of. You think about all these positive things instead, right? That's why those new age, that's how they came about. Because people often when they start connecting with their fears don't experience them and release them. What they do instead is they live in them which causes more of that attraction. And so I'm just providing you a warning. If you don't decide to fully experience your fears if, if, you're setting your, if you want to deal with your fears and you decide to fully experience your fears, everything's going to be fine. But if you want to deal with your fears, you think, and then you live in the, the actual fear itself without releasing it, you're not going to be fine. That's what I'm saying to you. So it's so just, just a warning to you. That's yep. the law of attraction at work, if you like. Thank you. Does that make sense? There's no threat involved here of, oh, you don't do it, then you're going to be in trouble. None of that. It's up to you. Yeah, it's it's up to you what you choose to do.
4: AJ, I I just had a um, very large response to the first movie. Yep. Um, um, The the lady in that looked very much like my sister who died of cancer. Right. And um, I've always had a a feeling perhaps that there was what I would have called a possession in those days. Yeah. um and i'm i'm not just sure i know the end result is i've got to clear my emotions around it anyway but mm-hmm. um uh, it's, it's just a huge re- reaction that i've had of not um, I tried to speak to mary and i just i couldn't speak at all i, I get very f- um, terrified when that sort of thing comes yeah. up that i that i no, to speak and yeah. Um, I seem to tie a lot of things together. With I had polio, and, and that seemed to be a I, I can't remember anything for twelve months at that point. And yep. it feels like suddenly, um, suddenly today, that seems things seem to have sort of um, seem to be connected. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I've got a big imagination, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whether there's actually. And I just I guess I would like to make some sense of that if I can. I'm very. Um,
0: um. What's going on is is that, yes, many of the diseases that have occurred in almost every person's family, not just your own, are due to different spirit obsessions going on. What happens is the spirit has a certain group of emotions when they pass. Often the spirit might pass with the disease itself, like cancer or some other disease. And then what happens is that spirit then connects to a familial figure, so a family figure on earth. Usually it's a, it might be a granddaughter or a grandson or, you know, some kind of relation. Someone who they actually like, you know, in terms of their personality. And what happens in that connection is they start impressing, just like a parent would impress, their damaged emotions upon that child. And the problem is that is creates, and often the, ch- the person in the spirit world is still not very progressive, and they often feel the same disease is still within them even in the spirit world, right? And that impression gets impressed upon the child as well. And this is the cause of a lot of diseases, particularly in children. And polio is certainly a, a, a one, of those, uh, one of those diseases that, uh, and I don't know if you'd really call it a disease, but it's one of those uh, illnesses that actually are caused by spirit, uh, a lot of spirit interaction, along with many other childhood cancers, uh, child onset <coughs> diabetes, and lots of other different emotions. So uh, A lot of us are di- different diseases, but notice I have a habit of calling them emotions because um, they are all driven emotionally. So, yes, uh, in, in the next month I'm up at Mackay and giving a talk up there, the two days I'm talking up there are about spirit attractions to people on Earth and then the damage that that does to people on Earth and spirits in the spirit world. And you'll find that there's huge amounts of, of damage that is done through these attractions, these attractions that are still happening between the spirit world and here on Earth. And when you talk to many mediums, you find the level of those um, attractions, because many of the mediums have often had to deal with those particular illnesses, and they, and they get told through their spirit friends that, oh, this is actually about a, an attraction to a certain spirit. Mm.
4: Can I just ask the difference? Because I saw many similar behaviors with my sister to what, the uh, the Amelia, yeah. Yep. And also I mean, dreams where I was made to eat spiders and all sorts of yep. things. I guess beyond the disease as such, yes. beyond just the sickness, it felt like very much a mental. Yes,
0: most um, of the spirits as well. who are in this condition are in very poor condition. They are full of unhealed emotions. Many of them are in what you would classify on Earth here as a psychotic sort of a state, even in the spirit world, in the darker areas of the spirit world. <coughs> And then when they connect to a person through the emotional connection, then you see huge connections. Mary's just reading a book at the moment which I've suggested uh, quite a number of times for people to read. It's called Thirty Years Among the Dead by Dr. Carl Wickland. If you I want to know about spirit possession and spirit obsession and how much it actually influences almost all illnesses and diseases there are on earth, that is an excellent book to read. It's a it's about a doctor who was in the 20s and 30s, uh, who worked with his wife, who was a very good trance medium. And what he did was he documented time after time after time after time all these different illnesses that he cured by actually dealing with spirit obsession. And, uh, and it's a very, very well-written book with lots of case studies of each situation in it, and it's really worth the read. It's on the uh, CD. Uh, um, and it's also downloadable on the Divine Truth website. If people can't find it, I could email it to you. And Peter's happy to email it to you if, if you can't find it as well. I've left a copy with him. So, Right, let's get on to the next subject, shall we? A lot of you have been asking me about this subject of earth changes and you think what, what I'm going to do is give you all of these heads up about earth changes, don't you? Yeah. I'm not going to give you any heads up about Earth Changes. What I'm going to do is help you address some of your fears about Earth Changes. And that's a different thing altogether, right? Alright. Now, what we're going to do is just uh, perhaps read a few little things that we've got printed out. On this little session we'll do a little bit of channelling about Earth Changes if we can manage that. and. We'll also talk to you about some of the Earth Changes and then we'll show you some movie about it, all right? Now, to me, in my mind, the best movie about this subject is going to be 2012, which is coming out, I think, November the 13th. So my suggestion is go and have a see of it. I'm one of their greatest advertising fans, I think. <laughs> it's a good movie and uh, that I, as far as I can see. And uh, many of the events portrayed in it are actually going to be quite realistic in the future. So it's a lot of uh, channeled or semi-channeled material that's been presented in book form and then, and then written for a movie. And of course, there's some, em- some embellishments and so forth. Now, this is one of Mary's uh, most uh, unsavoury subjects, I suppose you'd call it, so she doesn't want to <laughs> be involved in this. Um, one of the reasons why is because In the past, every time I've got something on my teeth now. (laughs) Every time um, I've spoken about um, earth changes with groups of people, it's greatly polarized people's emotions. And often afterwards, what's happened is I've had lots of people very angry with me. And of course, when you get angry with me, I can feel those projections. So I've had to work my way through those kind of things. And Mary's very frightened of uh, people getting angry with me because last time that happened uh, not very nice things happened to me and therefore not very good things happened to her life either. So, so um, that's one of the issues that Mary's having to work through about this subject. I uh, feel quite good about dealing with this subject with everyone. But I want to talk about a few emotions about this subject that you have. Uh, I'd like to firstly talk about the ostrich emotion. Is that how do you spell that? Is that right? Ostrich, something like that. Yeah, you know the motion—that's bury your head in the sand and hope it all goes away—type of motion. Now, many people in the past have got quite angry and upset with me about this subject, and then they've done that. Now you're, you're totally able to do anything you want, of course, right? That's your emotions and you're, you're, you're having your free will. That's your experience, so you're allowed to choose to bury your head in the sand if that's what you want. I am not, I'm going to keep talking about it, right? Because they are, earth changes are coming. Now as to when they come, well obviously that will depend on a lot of factors. Some of it is soul condition factors, and some of it is actually physical factors that are to, to do with alignment of the, with the sun and, and the earth in the galaxy and quite a number of other issues. Now you can read about all of them on the internet. So I'm not really interested in talking about all of them. Um, That don't interest me very much at all. All that interests me is you helping helping you with your soul condition about this issue. (coughs) Does that make sense? Because to be frank with you, I would love for the majority of you to survive it. The reason why I'd love for that is because the earth is going to need people who are in better soul condition, who are able to show others how to live in harmony with the earth in the future. And if we all finish up passing, we'll have to all start again. Like... So all of you people here who are all living on the coast and doing your thing and and feeling like you want to bury your head in the sand about the whole issue, that's up to you. I think I would prefer that you want to live alongside of us in dealing with the future events myself. That's what I would prefer to see. What you do is totally up to you. Now, all of that sounds like a lot of people said, oh, now AJ is just being manipulative and whatever else. No, I'm not. I just don't want to have to do the same work again. <laughs> like honestly, like and can you imagine the environment? Like instead of having this beautiful pristine hall to do it in, we'd have to do it out in the sticks somewhere where there's probably for some time not being any power generation and we'll have to get together a heap of solar panels or whatever else just to get an amplifier to speak to a group of people. And like, can you think of all the you know, it's a lot easier, isn't it, to deal with this issue now than it is later. And to be frank with you it's a lot easier for you now to deal with this issue right now than it is going to be later as well. Well, can you imagine? Earth change events occur. Let's just put a bit of a scenario to you. By the way, I'm not, try, I'm not going to talk about specifics so much, but I'm going to give you some details of what may occur here, for example. You imagine for a moment here that firstly there's an earthquake, around 9 on the Richter scale, which is a massive, massive earthquake. Imagine that, all the way along this coast. Right? So you've got all these earthquake events happening. And then out in the sea, in the Pacific, a land mass rises very, very rapidly, Right, very rapidly. It's 5,000 feet or 2,000 meters or so under the sea. And it comes up overnight. All right. And then you've got all this water displacement, huge amounts of water. So you've just had an earthquake. There's no power. Right. There's no pumped water coming to you. And now you're also going to have to handle a water event hitting the coast, where the water is maybe 100 to 200 metres high. All right. So it's not your average little wave. It's something pretty big. Now, can you imagine the devastation of that, just that, those two events only? And by the way, that's not the only potential of what may occur in this, in this region, but just those two events only. What would happen to us as, as a group of people? This whole coast, if you think about the whole coast, you're not going to see much of it left perhaps for, except for Butterin maybe, because we're on a high hill here, right? And then, of course, a bit more inland. And instead of having the Sunshine Coast, we'd have to call it the Mulaney Coast or something like that. <laughs> right? These are the kind of things that may happen. So when I say may happen, the, there is a high potential of likelihood of these things happening. This is getting channeled from many different sources. You're not hearing this from me. You, there's all sorts of spirits channeling through all sorts of different people that these events are going to occur. There's even some spirits channelling that Australia won't even exist anymore because they say that there will be a two kilometre high wave that hits Australia, which of course would wipe out pretty much all of Australia. Now I don't personally believe that but when I present this material, when you get a print out of this material downloaded from net, I'm going to put some of these quotes in the material from other people so that you can start having some of this fear that you're, that you, that you're trying to deny or get away from. So the ostrich emotion is a very big emotion in us, you know. What we do is we hope that something's not going to happen. Of course, it may not happen and that's what con- connects with our hope that it's not going to happen and then we don't do anything about it happening or the potential of it happening. All of you, or most of you, have the, have the ability to work through different emotions on this subject. All of you also have the ability to survive any coming events just by changing your soul condition. But some of you also have the emotion that I'm going to put it all off, my changes to my life, I'm going to put it all off to the last minute. You know, like, I'm sure AJ's going to let us know a week in advance type of thing, right? <laughs> And it's not going to work like that, you know. There's going to be a series of events that occur over a long period of time. When I say a long period, maybe even two or three years of time. A series of events. And, and, you know, at the beginning of those events we might be having a chat, but do you think there's going to be Earth satellite stations for us to continue having those chats? And do you think I'm going to have the fuel to get to the coast anymore? Probably not, do you know what I mean? And unless I can teleport, there's no other way probably to get here easily. So we can't have those discussions after that point. So you, you won't know unless you keep yourself informed and you develop your own relationship with God and your own relationship with your spirit friends, then you'll know. So can you see there's a lot of things involved in this particular subject? My feelings are, if you want to bury your head in the sand, you're, to, you're totally able to. I am not, This is not a fear discussion for me. Now while I recognise that for many of you it might be a fear discussion, and to be frank with you, that 's your problem,? Right? In the sense that it 's your fear, and you need to let yourself work through that fear. and i 'm not trying to scare you here. am trying scare? no I 'm not trying to scare you here. What I'm tra- oh, am i no, 'm trying, <laughs> trying to do is ask you some questions about love of yourself. Now, how is love of yourself involved in an earth-change discussion? Well, isn't it quite obvious, really? If I loved myself and I knew from all these different sources that there's going to be some earth-based events that are going to affect my life and I have a roundabout time frame that they're going to happen any time between now and you know, maybe 2016 or something, over the next, say, let's say, five, six, seven, eight years or whatever and I know they're going to occur then. If I loved myself, wouldn't I just make preparations for that? That's not a fear-based discussion, isn't it? That is a love-based discussion. And if I loved other people, would I rely on them to make the preparations for me? Of course I wouldn't, would I? So, you know, it's lovely that ones like Peter and, and where is Graham and, and who are the others who have paid for the property out at Brad, Brad and, and some of the others who have paid for the sanctuary. It's lovely they have done that and it's also lovely that they've said to you that you can go out there any time you want. That's lovely too. Um, and... But, but at the end of the day, if I don't provide for myself, am I being loving to Peter and to, and to Graham and Jen and Brad and these other ones who have paid for that property? Does that make sense? Am I being loving to them? If I'm expecting them to be the people that do everything and I do nothing, but then I expect at the end of the day if I want somewhere to run to, I go there. Now that doesn't seem very fair to me, does it? Does it seem fair to you? Like, Does it seem loving to you? That's the way it is at the moment. So, so we need to look at that, right? We need to look at our own emotions in that. Now, also we need to look at our law of attraction. There's been some things suggested about being able to do. Like some, I've heard back from some people that some people seem to think that I know everything. What? When have I said to you I ever know everything? When have I said that? Haven't I said there's only one being in the universe that knows everything? Who's that? And if you connect with God then you'll get to know eventually, the more you connect with God the more you'll get to know. Right? Isn't that right? Alright, so you relying on me to know more than you know is ludicrous. Whether I do or not know more than you know, it's still ludicrous to rely on me with it. Can you see that? So stop relying on me with these things, stop relying on other people to do things for you and start preparing for what you personally believe is going to occur. Now if you don't personally believe it's going to occur, then don't prepare. You don't have to. I'm not going to stop you coming from groups anymore to learn about divine truth just because you're never prepared for earth change events. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not an important issue to me. I want to survive them because I want to stay here and teach some more. That's my desire. What's yours? Is yours the same desire? Or some of you I know don't have the desire. Some of you have the desire to pass. I've heard you say it. I've heard you say, if I've got to go and change my life that much, I'd rather pass. I've heard some of you say that. Now that sounds a bit suicidal to me, but anyway, that seems to be an unloving emotion, don't you think? And, and some of you have said, also, I don't want to do it until right near when I have to. Ooh. You know, while that sounds all logical, it doesn't seem like a very loving thing to other people or to yourself. Like, to run around at the last minute in a panic? What if you get it wrong? You have to use a mic, beat. And Yeah, what if you get it wrong? What if you get the timing wrong? And then I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't really matter to me much, this issue. And I'm going, oh, what? How can it not matter to you? Don't you want to teach others divine truth that you're learning? Like, we've talked about so much, all of the different opportunities we're going to have here on the earth compared to being in the spirit world of learning more divine truth, right? And also teaching and helping others. Like, well, what about all these spirits who are in dark places? Do you think there's going to be less of them after this event? No. You know. you know, what if, like, some spirits have estimated up to, four, to 54% of the earth's population is going to pass, right? That's been some of the spirits' estimations. Now, by the way, there's survivalists who are receiving other spirits' information who say 95% of the Earth's population is going to pass. Now, I don't agree with that, but that's what they say. But let's say we go for conservative estimates from spirits that different spirits have given, 54%. That's one heck of a lot of people. That's 3.5 billion people who are passing in their current condition without a knowledge of divine truth, without a knowledge of divine love, many of them on natural love paths, firmly ingrained in natural love paths, like how much help are they going to need? Lots of help. Now you imagine, the spirit world's been preparing for this for years, right? And there are a lot of preparations that have gone on in the spirit world for the passing of these amounts of people. But there is so much we can do, particularly if we develop ourselves emotionally. and. There's so much we can do in leading, in also becoming a person who leads other people into this new place. And that's not going to be a per- position of power, by the way. That's going to be a p- place of service. So if we're not learning to serve others now, then, and we want to boss others around or be powerful about others and m- manipulate others, then obviously we're not going to have the right attitude either. There's so many emotions in this that we need to work our way through. Right? <laughs> So let's start working our way through them. Now what what I've been doing is just collecting little bits and pieces of different people's channelings about this issue. And James did some channeling over the last few days that I'd just like to read for a moment. I'll just read some snippets of it for you. The feelings of fear are the ones that demand your attention at this time. These have been dominating your functioning for some time and are arising for attention. Many things have happened which have triggered your fears. The coming earth changes are causing fear in you, although you feel that they are not bothering you as much as they are. You have felt within you an urge to move away from the city for many years and have done nothing about this, and now fear that you have lost valuable time. You also now fear that you don't have the money to allow you to move in the way that you desire. Feel these fears and allow them to pass through you as while they persist they will drive your behaviour. Earth changes will occur and have the potential to be very severe indeed. Many people will pass over and the face of the earth will change considerably. Because these changes can be so massive People are resisting acknowledging that this is a reality for them. Many feel that they don't want change of this magnitude and resist even the thought of it. If you ignore something, then it will go away. As you have said amongst yourselves, the best one person can do is deal with their own feelings and persist in the divine love pathway. You must pay heed to your own desires as there is error persisting with you in your present state of living that if that is not what you truly desire. I just want to comment about that. Many of you have had for many years a knowing within yourself that there is this earth change stuff happening, coming up, haven't you? What have you done about it personally? Now, some of you 25 years ago moved up to the hills and then 20 years later you thought, hasn't come yet, let's move down to the beach, you know, like... (laughs) And so some of you have even done that, right? But you're not actually listening to your own hearts on this subject. Now, many of you have known for many years in the sleep state, in in your sleep state, obviously you leave your body and you're you're in the spirit world in your sleep state, and many of you have known for many years that these things are happening and even the intensity of what's going to occur. And yet, we choose often to l- still live our life the same way as we've always lived it. Now does that make much sense to you? If you look about, look on that. You have had Like I'm not talking about my desires here, I'm saying I can feel in you your desire to listen to these things, right? You have had a desire, before you met me, many of you knew about this earth change stuff, right? I had nothing to do with that. You knew this before you even met me. Some of you had muscle tested it, some of you had mediumship with it, some of you did all sorts of things but you found out and even through your own feelings found out things. Is that not correct? Right. So why are you doing something about it? There's got to be an emotion, can you see that? What's the emotion? We've got to face those emotions. What is the emotion stopping me from acting upon my own desire? Right. So what's the emotion? What kind of emotion? One emotion might be this one. The changes are going to be so big that I don't know if I want to live after them. That could be one of the emotions, couldn't it? That we need to face. Another emotion could be the changes are going to be so big that I'm going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) Well yes of course you're going to be uncomfortable if you don't make any preparations. Like do you think you're going to have a dunny to sit on if you don't make a dunny to sit on for the earth change events, right? Of course not. So you're going to be uncomfortable and you're going to have to squat if that's what happens to you when you survive, right? And don't you come going to my house hoping to use my toilet. I'll say, I'll say I told you, you remember back, what's the date today? 25th of October 2009, remember I told you to make a dunny for yourself. Right? Use your own dunny, right? Now, that's the thing we need to bear in mind is that all of us have this self-responsibility. now. Many of you don't believe that earth changes are occurring. Fine, you don't have to believe them. You don't even have to believe they continue coming. That's fine too. Like, I don't expect you to believe them or not believe them. That's up to you. But many of you do believe them and yet you're not doing anything about them. Now then, but there's got to be an emotion in that for you. What's the emotions in that for you? Jen, could you just pass the mic to Jen? Thank you. You've only got to watch
7: the general news or right in our backyard there was recently a dust storm that came from south, down South Australia in up into Brisbane. Now on that day I drove to Brisbane thinking that I would be fine and I'm convinced about earth changes but I thought I would be fine getting to my son's house um, at Stafford. The amount of chaos that was on the road on that particular day,
0: just from a dust storm,
7: was astronomical. And I thought I had time. I thought I had enough petrol. I thought I was going to be okay until I got into the middle of the chaos. That, um, and you've only got to look at the news um, in the last little while. The amount of Tsunamis in our general region that have um, been listed. um, What's that website, Graham? Um, Mm, Yeah. Mm. um, That shows that um, the earth changes are actually upon us. They're already happening, yes. Yes. um, So even if you don't do things emotionally, and I'm not suggesting you don't, you just have to look at what's happening in the news to know.
0: Yeah. Can I just uh, uh, talk about this though? If you choose to do physical things to address this issue and not to deal with your emotions, do you know it's not going to hardly make any difference to your law of attraction? So you could choose to actually not deal with any emotions about this but then go and get a whole supply of food. Like I read on the website recently, I was watching these websites and uh, some of them interest me a lot and, and some amuse me quite a lot, but there's this one survivalist, Australian survivalist website where you can't mention who you are and you can't say your own name and they have all these sil- silence rules. But they were talking on this website about the guns that they're storing and the, all these different things that they're doing, building bunkers and all. these are serious people. Like, aren't they serious? They're building bunkers and they're doing all sorts of things. Many of the Ramtha followers, the people who think they're following Ramtha, which is probably the better way to say it, um, that many of them have been doing this for many years, building these places. Right? And Quite often I look at all of that and I go, well, if you can't change your soul condition, the law of attraction isn't going to work very well for you in those situations even then. So my suggestion instead is to do a combination of things. Deal with the soul condition reasons, firstly, why you haven't acted up till now. So what's going on inside of you? If you haven't acted up to now, why haven't you? What's going on inside of you emotionally? If you have believed that earth changes are going to occur, why are you still putting off doing something about it? And sometimes I hear people say, oh, but it's nice and comfy down the coast here. We're right by the beach. It's a lovely to walk along the beach. Yeah, I know. Myself and Mary enjoy that every time we come here. And <laughs> um, that's very true. But why haven't you prepared something else? You know? And also you've got to start thinking and feeling about what's going on for you emotionally in this interaction with these events. Because emotionally there's a lot going on here. A lot of you are so afraid of what's coming that you don't want to act about and do something about it. And some of you are so afraid that you're even considering, at the soul level you're considering that it's better to pass than stick around. And I can assure you it's not going to be better to pass than stick around. It also is going to be more fun if you stick around. Yeah. Because there's a lot to do here on earth and it'll be great to be a part of that process, right? It's just going to be so much fun. So we can enjoy... I'm serious, right? And it's just going to be so much fun to stick around and see what's going on. See the world change in one generation, right? Isn't that going to be so awesome? It's just like, do you think we're going to be worried about, you know the law that we broke yesterday you know I'm not talking about God's laws I'm talking about you know well well no I was thinking more about you're not allowed to build that little TP on that block of land because of, all of, these in, of the, all of these rules right do you think they're going to worry about that after the? of course not right they're going to be wanting to build houses galore because a lot of people are not going to have any place to live right and then we're going to have to live more in harmony with the environment because a lot of the environment's being destroyed, right? So that's going to be a great impetus to actually learn about, you know, proper culturing, you know, in terms of growing food and veg- vegetables, and living more in harmony with the environment. So when you have an opportunity to go to a course about living in harmony with the environment, what do you stay home for? Oh, you know, AJ said I shouldn't go to that course. So I never said that. You know, why would I suggest that? There's been people offering their services to you to show you how to do things like permaculture and other things like that, right? Take them up. It doesn't matter where they're from. You might be able to talk to them about the divine love path. They talk to you about what they feel. It doesn't really matter what the outcome is, but you'll learn something in the process of how to look after yourself. Why would you, not, why would you put that off? Do you see what I'm saying? Often we're putting all of these things off because we're just quite afraid, and that's the issue we face.
11: Um, how do you know if you are driven
8: by fear or not
6: in um, wanting
0: to shift? In wanting to shift? Move. Move to another location, you mean? Well, what, you know, one of the main things you realise after you start progressing a lot is that you start realising that when you have a desire, things happen really smoothly, right? When you have a fear, things happen in a very haphazard and un- unfulfilling way. So notice what your law of attraction is. So if you, if you have a pure desire, you'll find you'll find the right property you want, you'll find all the different things, everything starts fitting in together, things work together really easily for you, it all fits together. But if you're finding that actually your law of attraction is you're getting a block here and you're not allowed to do move there and something happens there and you can't do this here, then probably you're acting out of fear and you need to just let those fears trigger you, let those events trigger you. So let the law of attraction show you which mode you're in. When you're in desire, things will definitely usually occur. Now, when I'm in desire, I focus firstly on my emotion. Right? I don't focus firstly on selling the house. I don't focus firstly on going and getting a, you know, a larder full of rice or something like that, right? I focus firstly on dealing with the emotion. And when I work through the emotion, then I'll feel what's the best thing to do. And I won't run around in a panic doing it. I won't say, oh, we're going to get in the earth changes. You know, AJ talked about the earth changes, it's terrible, it's terrible, you know, where way I go. You know, it's not like that, right? And, and you need to start trusting yourself and your law of attraction with this. Not me, trust you. Trust how you're feeling on this subject. What do you feel? Now, I am suggesting to you, if you feel you'd rather pass than stick around, then that is a suicidal emotion. And that's not loving to yourself and do you think when you pass, how good your condition is going to be when you pass, do you think, with that emotion? It's not going to be as good as if you dealt with that emotion, is it? If you deal with that emotion then you love yourself more. Many of you have an emotion too that, oh, you know, when it, when it happens I'm sure I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> well that might be totally true but nothing else is going to be in the place with you. <laughs> huh? Is it? Like, do you think that you're going to have a house in the place with you and a place to grow some plants and food for you? For you? Do you think that's going to happen unless you exercise a desire? Can you see, we've got plenty of warning about all these things. We've got plenty of heads up about it. Oftentimes, all, many of you have the emotion in you that you want to do something and yet you haven't done it. So look at why. Look at why. I want to read a bit more of this one because this was quite good. Uh, Where was it? As you are well aware, the changes will be followed by massive upheavals of humanity, with many people displaced and many more feeling despair, with even greater displacement from God, with grave (coughs) doubts that God could ever have done such a thing. Many will perceive it as great punishment. How how many Christians are going to view it as that, do you think? Great punishment, and they'll seek to take revenge on the ones they think that God is punishing. This will usually be anyone but themselves, of course. (laughs) Don't ignore these thoughts and pay heed to the feelings that they engender. These possibilities are leading many people to want to hide away as far as they can from large population areas. The law of attraction will operate as before, during and after the earth changes, as it always has and always will. Therefore the focus is now and forevermore on what you do within yourselves. You will always draw events to yourself by your soul condition. So this is what you must deal with first. The vital first step is to acknowledge that you do have a soul and then that this soul is limited by many factors. Those steps you have taken and the consequent steps are those of prayer and dealing with the feelings. Now uh, James also asked, "What extent would be Australia be affected by the changes?" The answer he gave, the spirit gave, which, by the way, was Stephen from the Bible. You remember Stephen, who pulled the first martyr. For those of you who have uh, background, every continent will be affected, and Australia will be less so than that of any other. Even though you hear and read of the possible changes, you really have no concept of the magnitude of the changes or of their impact on humanity. Changes like this have occurred before, but there has never been the numbers of people living in vulnerable locations. The sinking of Atlantis is possibly the largest event of this type that is acknowledged in your histories. There's a lot of fear in you guys, I don't know. From what you know of the law of attraction now it is not hard to see that such changes are inevitable. Humanity as a whole has created an environment which cannot be sustained. The changes will simply be the working out of God's laws and have no element of punishment in them. Passing over or losing accumulated possessions are not punishments. God's truth goes much deeper than any of those things. As long as you live God provides all that you need for peace and happiness both on earth and in the spirit world. On earth it's harder to see this as you've all been led astray by those who would have power and this has been going on for a very long time. Humanity has become addicted to having everything happen as it desires rather than recognising that everything happens as God desires and God's desires incorporate the best interests of everyone and everything. The most essential aspect of Earth Changes is the return of humanity to a normal healthy relationship with God. This relationship will be different from what most now consider to be such a relationship to be. The divine truth will become the norm and the false will be set aside. And this will happen faster than you consider possible. There is so much change going on in humanity and most of this is invisible other than to those with eyes who can see it and the awareness to feel it. Accept this without understanding as it is beyond your present capacity to understand. The concept that the changes will happen dramatically beginning on a certain day is incorrect. The day spoken of is somewhat an arbitrary date marking a cyclical turning point. That's 2012, right? Changes are happening all the time and towards and beyond the date considered there will be an increase of changes of many sorts which will be largely considered undesirable. They will not necessarily build to a crescendo but will increase and then taper off as the precipitating causes, which by the way are both soul condition and event, environmental event related. This is not unlike the working with and releasing of your own emotions. You will all require an openness to change, as change will occur, and you'll need to adapt to those changes. All right. There's some more that there in James, and James might like to post that if he wishes to. Sorry. Yeah, it's up to James. It's James's free will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, so that was from James. And it actually wasn't from James was it James? It actually wasn't from you was it? It was from Stephen (laughs) through James and so James provided the the mechanism by which that could occur. One thing that you need as a medium to understand is that all you're doing is providing the mechanism through which this can occur. Our spirit friends are the ones with the knowledge. They want to give you lots of knowledge right? But at the moment so many of us are in terrible fear states that if they gave you a little bit of the knowledge you'd just go into a panic and, and uh, that's not what they want to do either. They don't want to trigger more panic in you. They want, don't want you to live in your fear or bury your head like an ostrich. What they want you to do is more than that. So that was the ostrich emotion we covered. There's a, this other emotion that I'll die anyway, right? Right? And and sometimes in there is the word, I want to (laughs) die anyway. Now honestly, many of us have these emotions of wanting to die at different times in our life. The key is to acknowledge them and to work our way through them. You don't need to pass. Passing is not going to necessarily be the benefit that you think it's going to be even when you pass. The key is to work. if you learn to work through your emotions, then everything will work out fine whether you pass or not. But why wouldn't you want to stick around if it's going to be so much fun? Why wouldn't you want to? You see, it's only because we're so afraid of the change that, and afraid of how much discomfort we may experience or afraid of what might happen that we start getting upset and we start feeling like, oh, what's the point then? We might as well change. Dennis, just something back there? I'm pretty sure you once said that um, the collective fear will actually
3: make the changes worse.
0: Yes. Yeah. The more fear we are in, rather than experiencing and releasing, then the worse things get. Well, you think about it. Have you ever been to a uh, in an auditorium like this where there's three or four hundred people and there's a fire alarm? Like, have you ever seen been in a situation like that, where, or where there's an actual fire? Now I know some may have experienced that but it's so different. All of a sudden what happens is nobody thinks logically. Not a single person thinks logically at all. Everyone goes into their fear trigger, everyone. And there's mayhem, mayhem. This is what it's going to be like to a degree afterwards because most people haven't dealt with their fears. But you'll be walking calmly through it because you've dealt with all of your fears. (laughs) And for you there's no mayhem is there? If you've dealt with the fears of it all. (coughs) But if you haven't dealt with the fears (coughs) for you there's just going to be as much mayhem as everyone else. Yeah, uh, uh, and also um, in um, um, R.J. Lees' Ulysses, there was a a statement in there that said that there was going to be an invasion of the earth. Is that referring to you and the 14? (laughs) (laughs) And there has been many spirit predictions of, of large amounts of uh, what they call, and you even see it called like aliens invading the earth. Remember that every time you see these channelings are all relating to spirits. And yes, there are going to be spirits in the future who will be able to connect directly with us here on earth. And they'll materialise and you'll know them to be a spirit. Up till now what's been happening a lot is that a spirit might materialise as a person, but you just think they're a normal person, Right? and so you don't notice it. But in the future, we'll be able to have face-to-face conversations with many of our spirit friends that you're already having face-to-face conversations with, by the way, when you're in your sleep state, right? So, so you have face-to-face conversations with them now in your awake state. That will all be able to happen after these events occur. Beforehand, can you imagine what it would do if that all started happening? Like, most people wouldn't be dealing with their lack of faith and other issues, they wouldn't be connecting with God, they'd be connecting with spirits, they'd think these people are are a super race or something like that, and some of them would try to experiment on them, and all sorts of things would be happening, right? And obviously the Earth has to change in its condition before a, a better way of communicating with our spirit friends can occur. And yes, there are a lot of predictions that have come based around the fact that there will be 14 returning to Earth, but to be frank with you, like, we're only, we're only here for the same reason you're here. What's that? Because we love you, right? And you're here because you love somebody too, don't, isn't that right? And, uh, and if you develop your love, what will happen is all of us will be able to teach what we want to teach to have the changes occur. And, and all we're hoping to be able to achieve ourselves, and particularly myself at the moment, is to be able to help you on that process, that's all. So there's nothing special in that. Right? But I want to work, move a bit forward through this uh, because what I, uh, you're okay with doing a bit channelling on the subject, Monica? We'll see how we go? Okay. So Monica is going to risk doing some channelling again in front of you on this subject of earth changes. I'll just grab a mic for you. Oh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> you know it's going to be terrible. Is this one working? That's working? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be terrible.
11: Well, no, it's because it's so <laughs> fearful. But again, I think it's a good example to show people.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing I need to say is Monica is fearful about this subject. Okay? So that's something to bear in mind. Every time she gets afraid from it, she doesn't want to speak about the subject. And the last time she did a bit of channelling with, with us privately about the subject, Rampther was doing some chatting through her about the subject, and it's probably Rampther, I feel, who wants to chat again. Um, and uh, um, Monica wouldn't say some of the things he wanted to say, right? because she felt scared of say, even saying them. So you've got to bear that in mind in this channelling. So this is a live channelling, and Monica's again doing it, just like she was yesterday, to help her through some of her own fears. So that's awesome, my sister. Okay, thank you.
11: I think it's worth knowing as well. I'll be really honest. If I feel I'm slipping out of it, I'll always. Well, I mean, AJ knows, but I think it's a really beneficial um, exercise for you all to see that when your own emotions kind of intervene, you just lose that link instantly. And you might even be able to feel when I kind of.
0: Yeah, and, and what we try to do too is ask Rantha Every time that every time that you do get out of what he's saying, if he just stops and tells you you're out of it, yeah, and okay. that way, and you can just relay that to the audience. So, okay. and then maybe we can actually talk about the emotion that got you out of it, and then okay. we'll go back in again. How does that sound? Yeah, <laughs> might as well do this live. It's okay. Okay. okay.
11: This uh, has to be. So I find this so much harder because Rantha's is really. <laughs> It's just a lot harder because he he wants me to express exactly like absolutely exactly what he's the way exactly and if I don't get it right, he'll say go back or that's not what I said, and then I start getting intellectual. So. Let's just see how it goes.
0: Right. Do you want to hold that mic? To? Mind, I I your mic because
11: I Yep, I'm really totally happy. Focus, I might even just block my ears. You can For block this your ears. one, it's quite,
0: it, I really need to focus Hear on it. Hear no evil, thing. see no evil. There'll <laughs> <laughs> come a day, I'll be able to do it. But at the moment, yeah. uh, it's a bit challenging. So.
11: really
0: blocked. Okay. What's it about? Um, what does Ramtha say it's about?
11: <laughs> I mean, he started announcing himself now as Ramtha Orion. Yep. And I'm, I, as soon as he says that, I almost go into doubt as to whether or not...
0: So why was that?
11: Why am I doubting it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because all he's doing is presenting himself as himself and his soul mate. Yeah. Yep. So Rantha is now uh, in the celestial spheres. And he now presents himself as himself and his soulmate. Does that make sense? Because they're both together. Whereas before, it, it was more sort of one side of that. But but that's triggered Monica already.
7: <laughs> Great start, hey?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good, that's good. So what's that about? Is that um, about the female? You're it, not recognising the um, female side there? Or?
11: No, because I've actually started connecting with her. It's that whole detail thing. It's the whole...
0: You're um, afraid of getting afraid the Afraid of getting wrong.
11: the details wrong and being humiliated because someone... And right. can then verify and go, that's not
0: what we went not somewhere. No right. worries. Well, so I'm going to try to humiliate you as much <laughs> as possible then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a fear, so allow yourself to feel the fear.
11: And he's just saying, look how far we've come together in the last week, building the bridges of trust with each other. Mm-hmm. So I need to it's just lovely, focus, and I think I'll just focus on who's actually with me as well, just to... Yeah.
0: And let's talk about a few personal things first, perhaps, and then we'll warm into the subject. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Our sister's made a lot of progression, huh, (laughs) Rantha? Yes,
11: indeed, brother. (laughs) It has been quite an emotional roller coaster for her this week. Yes, yes. But her levels of gratitude have increased (laughs) most dramatically. Yeah, She's starting to trust men again, huh? Yes. I think this (laughs) is the most beautiful part so far. And she has moments where she wants to get very angry with me, but now it doesn't take much time for her to realize that I love her very much and that uh, it is all a good thing for her, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> much to her disdain.
0: Yeah, even when you present the pictures that you present. From <laughs> yes,
11: although that she's getting quite used to now. She quite enjoys that because she's finding a higher level of gratification with the releasing that she's able to achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people on earth don't understand how powerful it is to release with the help of a spirit who's really helping. Them. No,
11: there, there is much um, disillusionment. About the, way, uh, the ways of the spirit world mm. and how our interactions actually are. Mm. Um, I'm just slightly slipping. Mm. Yes, there is much fear around our. Uh, no, sorry, guys, just give me a second. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, just hear my words, relax.
0: That's all right, all you've got to do is repeat him. Yeah. So there's nothing of you involved in this. You don't need to worry about... It, because in the end, it's if you repeat exactly the words you're given, then there's nothing of you in the process, really.
11: I am here, brother. Yes. It's just taking some time for her to adjust this to yeah. this uh, procedure.
0: Yeah. And, and the pressures are a bit more, greater than usual. <laughs>
11: just a little, but <laughs> she's quite excited by this process also, it has to be said. Yeah. yeah. Yes, although there are still... Massive fears that she needs to work through, but I'm happy with her progress. We've worked really well together this week. And yeah, she's beginning to fully understand at an emotional level now.
0: Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So what is it you'd like to talk about with the audience that's here?
11: I would very much like to discuss how important it is, a part of your process, to actually embrace the fears that you hold within you. Fear is not an enemy. Fear can be such a close compatriot of your progress on this path that very much it is the fear of the fear that um, you unwillingly hold on to that has such painful repercussions on your progress um, on this path.
5: Mm.
11: And if one could only see that this is a helpful and beneficial partner in this process, rather than something to be separated from. It would be so much easier for humanity to move through the unloving feelings that it currently has and would have exponential repercussions for the future on on earth and for humanity. It is also really important to note that whilst most of you may be living in fear It does not take much time with a loving intent to change this position into one of experiencing the fear fully and moving through it. It does not take much to make this change. However, it takes a full and concerted effort on your part to make the decision to do so and to make this change. For to unwittingly reside in this fear and continue living in this fear, not only has a lack for self been instigated, but no progress can be made. There is a grand difference between living in fear and feeling it and fully expressing it to a point of release and peace. This can be done on a gradual basis and does not seem to... does not need to seem so overwhelming. One can make a change in small she's struggling to find words increments this can be done in small increments but at least take action for allowing yourself to dwell in this fear simply achieves nothing. We would also very much like you to know that there are so many bright spirit friends, brothers and sisters surrounding you on this arduous journey. However, what seems arduous to you is only based on a fundamental emotional injury you have surrounding this path or this journey that you take. To God, it is not arduous. And any feelings about this journey being arduous or a difficult task, simply remember, brothers and sisters, it is only based on a fundamental emotional injury that life may be difficult, or life is tough, or that God is punishing us. And all of these emotions would need to be seriously addressed for anyone to make a substantial change in the area of dealing with their fears in an effective and efficient way. I also feel it is very important at this time for you all to be aware of the possibilities with earth changes. For as brother Jesus has already spoken, there is much complacency on earth and with humanity at this time. It can be a difficult thing to differentiate between a true, loving, heartfelt desire and a fearful need. If there is doubt around this matter, simply allow yourself to feel what your body reacts to when you have a certain thought or emotion about a, a, a certain desire and allow your body respond to you in this way and it will lead you to realize what is a truthful desire which in truth is a loving expression of the soul or one that calibrates in a fearful way by causing a negative reaction on your body these may be symptoms as discussed earlier on by brother Jesus palpitations, sweats, heart racing, a change in breathing pattern. Allow your body to guide you, not only in this process with desire and need, but with every emotion that you may fully experience. Your body is one of the greatest gifts that God could possibly bestow upon you and indeed your body is very much your friend in this matter you humans tend to distinguish or make a differentiation between the body and the soul it is really important to remember that the body is merely an outwardly expression of your soul's contents and current condition again it is important to be aware that if one could embrace the body as one does emotions and the soul you might get along a little bit better and much progress could be made far more than you can possibly imagine in this respect what is important for you all to do as a race is to begin to return to God's natural rhythms and flows that she originally created for you a close a close connection between the body and soul is one of these the earth changes will be a trigger for many of you and what might be recommended by myself by all my brothers and sisters who know in greater detail which at some point in the future we will instigate with brother jesus a a talk specifically on Monica has fears now. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: She doesn't like you calling me Brother Jesus.
11: Possibly. She still has many doubts. (laughs) Although that has changed quite dramatically since her time spent with you and Sister Mary. Mm. But she still struggles somewhat, as you know. Mm. Let us return. talking about bodies and she has issues in this department also. Of course. (laughs) As you mentioned to her
5: before.
0: When we were alone. Yes. She is sticking (laughs) quite profusely. She needs to have a cry about her own body.
11: (laughs) She does. She's not willing to accept that whilst it is a separate thing, it was created as a gift for her. Mm It is not something to feel hatred or disgust towards. She has much to release around this and there will come a time where feelings that she has specifically surrounding sexual abuse as a child
0: One of our batteries is
5: not...
11: Maybe if we perhaps change the subject We may be able to flow, for there is much to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) She would like that. (laughs) There is much for her to to feel around this in truth. She will gradually begin to understand that this is a gift that was created specifically for her. There is not another one of these in existence that is exactly the same. As the one that was created for God, for Monica. Yeah,
0: it's lovely, Monica.
11: She she's finding this quite difficult.
0: <laughs> yes.
11: You see, my friends, everything is a gift. Even the things you feel you have been lumbered with or punished, always a gift. And that includes fear.
0: <laughs> fear is your friend.
11: Fear is a good friend. <laughs> Where were we? We were talking about bodies, I think.
0: Yes, I think that subject was the trigger. That was. (laughs) You were mentioning about the earth changes um, and how they affect us.
11: Yes, I recall. Mm. If one can start beginning to respond to the feelings that you can feel in this gift of a body and begin to develop a trust to those feelings in which this physical body emits, it is an excellent way to support the heartfelt desires that you may have and are unsure of. So for example, if you have had a heartfelt desire to live in a certain location, but you think of many, many reasons why you should not move to that location, based on fear, concern for others, lack of self-love, whatever the case may be. If you take time out and be still, simply focus on one of the thoughts or emotions about the desire and listen to what your body tells you in the same way that listening to your body and how it responds to uh, to fear is essentially a way of connecting deeper to your emotions. For as I have already said, your body is simply a reflection of your cell condition, which in turn are your emotions. Do you begin to see how important the link between the two really is? It is so common on earth, for those of you who are intellectual at heart, which in itself is ironic, if you can begin to realize that your heart is actually the intelligence that should be driving your day-to-day functioning, your life categorically would change in the most pleasurable of ways. And most of you would not be so hesitant in this respect. So one tiny simple thing that you can take home from this time And I have waited so long again to talk to a group, much to Monica's dismay. (laughs) If you take one simple step home with you, along with Brother Jesus' truths also, but a simple and effective way to change, in a way that will feel comfortable for you possibly, is to start aligning your emotions and the link between your bodily responses. It can be such an incredibly powerful tool to allow you not only make decisions that are a heartfelt desire-based decision and not one based on need or fear, but also can take you to a far deeper level of emotional releasing that you can possibly imagine. Mm. Mm. Are there any questions, brother, you would like to ask?
0: Um, I think we may deal with the subject of the, um, the details of Earth Changes at another time when perhaps Monica's worked her way through some more of those fears.
11: That would be um, beneficial and there is much to discuss, but I feel, yeah. I feel that um, might be the kind thing to do in this yeah. circumstance.
0: And I think what we'll probably do now is just trigger them with a few movies and visuals which will help uh, our audience get in contact with some of their fears about Earth Changes. I look forward to that. Yeah, it should be fun, eh? Hey?
11: I am so appreciative of having the opportunity to speak in this way and to speak with truth. Much of what has been said by someone who refers to himself as Ramtha has been very misguided and misunderstood and misinterpreted. And to have the experience to talk alongside Brother Jesus at this time is such a great gift, not only for myself personally, my soul union mate, Orion, all my other celestial brothers and sisters who love you all so dearly. But I do not think at this time you genuinely understand or realize what a powerful path you now walk should you decide to take the first step. The service you will be able to provide not only those who walk on this earth beside you in a physical form, but the amount of brothers and sisters in the spirit world who you are already directly or indirectly helping, much of which is unknown to you consciously, is greater than I can simply express at this time. I am so incredibly grateful Brother Jesus, thank you.
0: Thank you. It's yeah. so
11: beautiful again.
0: Well, it's lovely to catch up with you again. It's a great pleasure.
11: Mm-hmm. We'll talk
0: soon. So what we wanted to do there was just—I don't know—you can express how you feel. <laughs> well. So what, what we're hoping to achieve with a lot of our mediumship and healing sessions is to actually have a number of different mediums who are in the condition where they can receive accurate information without getting into fear about what they're receiving. And so part of what Monica's process is with Ramther at the moment is Ramther is helping her through a lot of her fears so that she can get to a point where information can be given to you of more details about earth change events. But one thing that I'd just like to emphasise about what he did say, and that is, why aren't you already following what you know your desires to be? Most of the time you're doing that because you're afraid or because you're afraid of abundance issues or other types of issues. You you actually believe that you need money to create and often you don't. All you need firstly is desire to create and and a willingness to deal with any emotion that inhibits that desire. So that's a really important thing myself and Rantha wanted to talk with you about. When we uh, talked about uh, talking to groups as well with Ramtha a a few weeks ago now, um, he actually suggested to me, the suggestion to me, that we have this fear weekend, if you like. I modified it a touch and we worked together on the details basically. (laughs) at (laughs) us. But basically he uh, recommended that we start really looking at the fears that each of us have and then I thought if we did a presentation on the Saturday where we, we look at the fears and practical ways of doing it, dealing with it and then on the Sunday actually started triggering some of those fears that at least we'd get closer to getting through this layer of fear that we have and down into the deeper emotions. So that's really good. Now, And then as uh, we deal with those fears, this information that Ramtha has, and also, by the way many of our other Celestial Friends have, can be more clearly given to you and in more specific details to assist you in the path, but many of you need to firstly learn to trust your own desires. Many of you firstly need to learn if, what your feelings are about these issues first. Rather than trusting a channeling, trust yourself first about those issues. Now I'm running out of battery too, so I might just... Uh, That usually means I've talked too much, doesn't it? No, my battery's doing okay. Um, So if you can, uh, um, if you can remember that with regard to these details. Now, what I'd like to do—it's getting fairly late now, I think. What is it? Any who want to leave, just feel free to leave. Um, We might just have a quick showing, though, of some earth change type events just to leave you with something to be triggered with on your way home. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Thank Thank you very much, Monica.